Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. All right, welcome to the Sebe cast number 30 with West Ham. West Ham, I'm very excited for this one. This, you're, you're our second, I guess, PK slash PVP guest who's very knowledgeable on the topic. So mm-hmm. very excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm. Uh, I was actually, what's it called? I was watching your ones with Lopsy and whatnot, and I figured it'd be kind of cool to be here as well. And then you came up with the offer, so I just thought it was perfect timing. I saw you in the chat, and so I. And so whenever I see like a person in my Twitch chat that's listening to the casts, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that, there's got to be some little bit of interest that they're even here in the first place <laughs> to a pre-recorded podcast, you know. So, I'm. Uh, I'm honored that we could get you on it so okay yeah i mean like yeah. i said it's my pleasure trust me awesome 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 i'm i'm looking forward to a lot of like good conversations because honestly with pvp i'm pretty set with my uh i'm pretty set with my current like mindset with how i want the game to be for like skilling pvm and iron man because i just focus on it all the time mm-hmm. but with pvp honestly i really don't feel like i know anything because i mean i i have my own ideas but those ideas are not cemented at all i just have the little ideas of what i think would be good at least for balancing the pv emmers you know out there like keeping it balanced for them but as well as i don't know just making it fair overall so who knows if that's the way to go but we'll get into it yeah yeah, I think PvP is a very uh, it, it's a very complicated like topic because there's so many different forms of it as well. Uh, for example, like I specialize for the most part in just hybriding, tribriding, competitive uh, deep world DPKing is what I used to do, and uh, also like competitive tribriding. And okay. I don't know, I, I don't think that's like what majority of the player base would view as PKing. Uh, I mean, obviously they, they view it as PKing, but like that's not the type of PKing that they would be getting into. Yeah. I think LMS definitely opened like a starter interest for tribriding. But I mean, before that, I think majority of the people that viewed PKing, they were 
like the main interest i think lied in like edgeville and like ge pvp pk yep. where you're mainly using like venge and use melee or range yeah yeah it is interesting like uh at least for me lms completely taught me how to pvp just to try brid to do anything honestly because i still recall the first lms game i played oh my god i had no idea what i was doing did you try the old school element, like the first version of? No, LMS? it's where you where you start out with ten prayer points, and it's basically like a prayer flicking yeah. contest. I'm not gonna lie, um, <laughs> I kind of miss those. I, obviously, I think the new LMS is absolutely sick, and yeah. it's like it's it's an improvement. But the uh, the way the old 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 LMS worked was like you never really knew what what you were gonna go against in the finals. Yeah. I mean, people had, like, maple short bows with, like, a whip and a room plate body, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, you had to manage your inventory and, like, what you were going to pick and choose. Because you couldn't always get mage. Yeah. You had to be pretty stacked if you wanted mage. I do remember watching. I watched a bunch of Spark Mac back then when he would do them. And I was oh, like... Oh, yeah. T Tibby's the boy. Yeah. I just remember thinking... There is no way I could do this because not only do you already have to know how to PvP, but you have to uh, you have to know how to prayer flick as well. And so, like, I knew I knew how to save prayer points. I knew how to like get those one ticks off. But like, God, the entire time when you're based off ten prayer points, like smiting as well, like doing protections and smiting and stuff like that, I was like, fuck this. Yeah, I didn't really know how to prayer flick back then either. I kind of just went off of like lazy flicking. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like Thankfully, like, being good at, like, tribriding and PKing, I guess, got me some wins. But I remember Bodhi used to used to beat me all the time. Uh, just because, like, he was able to keep his prayer points there forever, whilst I would eventually run out if I didn't kill him quick enough. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a completely different time. I started LMS right after, so what, right when uh, they completely reworked it. And there, I don't think there was rewards yet, but... Yeah, I just remember being so shit at it. And then over the coming weeks, I got extremely addicted. So I I, compl I have, like, firsthand knowledge that PKing can be extremely addicting because every fight's different, you know? And, like, you yeah, are constantly a, improving and stuff. It's a nice switch from PVM. I don't mind PVM. Like, uh, I've competed in a decent amount. Well, <laughs> I said decent amount. I competed in, like, three. Uh, like pvm bingos which i'm sure you're familiar with yeah and uh i i enjoy it honestly it's just i don't think i'd enjoy it outside of a competitive aspect unless i was playing an iron man mm. so unless you're unless you were doing an iron man so if you're playing an iron man mm. does it matter i mean i think with an iron it's different because like obviously then you have to go do certain things if you want to get the unlocks but like for me the, the way i view the game for so long is like yeah i can go pvm and maybe want an item like uh i did i've done a decent amount of nightmare but ultimately with the skill level that i'm at in pvp nothing really comes close to the money making that pvp earns me mm. so i've always had in my mind that like oh well why should i go do like vorkath when i can just go pk for more money where did I hear that from? Somebody said PKing is the it'll always oh I think it was from you, maybe. Yeah. It said PKing is will always be the best form of money making, but it will only be it for like the top point one percent of PKers. Yeah, so I think 
Um, the money that I make from PKing, I don't think you could make from PVM. Obviously, there are, like, if you get lucky PVMing, yeah. you get, like, back-to-back Tebos and whatnot, you're obviously... But on average. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, on, on average, I make way more than what I ever could from PVM, I think. Yeah. And if you... If you're a higher risker, like Odablock, for example, no one can come close to what he makes. You can't really compare the two, even. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. So, because I've never seen, honestly, I never really see PKing as money making because I've just never been on the scene. Like, I just see it as people like to fight each other and whatever, like, spoils they get is awesome, but, like, that's not the reason they're doing it. I mean, I assume that's probably not the main reason they're doing it anyway. It's probably just a bunch of fun, and there's always risk yeah, involved. I definitely do PK for money in, like, a slight aspect of it. Um, but, I mean, if I wanted to really grind out money-making, I think um, I'd do PvP very differently to how I do it now. Yeah. I think for the most part now, I, I, I basically PK to get clips, um, to get, like, the highest hits or like mm. the nicest combos and stuff like that more than why i actually care about the loot yeah yeah interesting okay so let's get into uh i guess you as a player so when did you start old school or i guess i always say old school but when did you start playing runescape as a kid and then i guess just your journey to where you are now so i think my parents bought me and my brother a computer that we were gonna share in 2006 so when i was six years old and i didn't find about runescape until a year later when my brother first introduced me to it Uh, i can't remember where we played it i think it was off of some website similar to like mini clip i believe uh but that's where like i originally found runescape and i used to play it with my brother and two irl friends that i had and the way we used to do it was we would have two hours at the computer each. Obviously, him being a bigger brother would kind of... He would take the advantage and, like, kick me off after I've been playing an hour because, like, you don't really have much choice as the little brother. Yep. So whenever I would run out of time, me and my mate would usually, like, queue it up together so that we were playing at the same time. Because I think he had an hour of playtime at his house. So when we ran out we would go to the library to play. Because <laughs> if you had a library card, you could get like an extra hour and a half at the computers there, I think. Yeah. So that was like how I originally got into RuneScape. And I think I had a I had an interest for PKing very early on. Even in like 2008 was my first introduction to PKing because that's when... I think me, my bro, and my, one of my ARL friends uh, went PKing at the Hollow Tree which is an ancient spot at this point. No one really even knows what it is. But th- there's a hollow tree directly north of the Grand Exchange, like in Varrock Multi. That used to be quite active, but obviously isn't active anymore. But that used to be a quite a, like a PK and hotspot back in the day. Uh, I don't know. We were just noobs having fun. Like my accounts were never really that good. I think I didn't actually get good at the game up until like 2013, I think just brings back so many memories of being a kid and like doing anything to get some extra computer time (laughs) 
Yeah, it's so different, isn't it? Like compared to now, where you can just sit there, play as much as you want, and like. <laughs> yeah. I think if I were to, I, I couldn't ever guess that like I would have the the amount of accounts I have today, um, or anything like that when I was younger. I reckon because when I was younger, I was truly a noob. I would I would just train my stats for the most part with like the shared XP option on, and just get everything at like the same time. Yeah. Uh, I think my first ever PK account I built was like in 2010. That was when I built a Polypore Gmail Pure, which sounds complicated, but is literally just 80 mage and 50 attack and then whatever strength level you want to have. Wow. Did you have any prayer? What's that? I think I did. I'm not entirely sure. I'm definitely, yeah, I definitely must have had at least 25 because protect item yeah polypore wasn't expensive by any means but like unskull peaking i don't think i was really aware of that at the time so what so wait how many accounts do you think you have now or do you have an exact number 15 50 or 15 15 not 50 okay i was like jesus christ yeah i think 50 would be a bit excessive but <laughs> i'm like damn all right 15 account that's still a shit ton I yeah, I think sure. I've had an addiction since I started playing old school RuneScape that, like, uh, I know how, like, I remember, so, like, most players will have, like, a goal of, like, uh, I want to get a max cape, for example. I yeah. think mine has always been, I just want, I want every single account build that I could ever want, and then if I ever want to use it, I already have it. So I... I've, I, I've spent a good amount every, like, every two weeks, I think I buy at least, like, 50 mil on bonds damn but you make 50 mil in like one good pk that's like yeah i mean uh, pking is definitely rng but like it's still consistent to some level yeah i think the most consistent money you can make on this game is like harmonized pking it's so easy damn yeah uh i'd find it interesting because they're i mean People play in different ways. I had a IRL friend that he wasn't even a PKer, and he had an obsession with making accounts, different different builds. Even though he wouldn't PK, he would just like his one defense. And then you would have like a ninety nine prayer, no other stats. And then you'd have like all these other accounts. I'm like, I can't play that way because what I feel like is I was like I'm spreading myself thin. But as a PKer, I can completely understand wanting to play on a different build and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's just, um, especially with how PvP is now, where, like, you have, like, the, you can attack 15 attack combats higher or lower. Uh, any type of account, like, is relevant, depending on, like, what bracket you're in. Mm. So, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I have a lot of accounts that are, like, the same combat, but with different styles. So, like, I have, like, a baby tank, which is the same combat, well, close to at least, as my 60 attack med, but they utilize for like two completely different things okay and you say so earlier you were saying that a harmonized use is it is it using the harm is the most consistent money yeah so i mean i i don't actually know if pvmers know how overpowered a harmonized really is in pking but i'm sure you've heard of stuff like uh pid swaps right yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm yeah, pretty so I, familiar with uh how 
I'll yeah, so when most people refer to PID swaps, it's like getting, let's say, a AGS and a GMAL in the same tick to the point where your opponent can't even react to it. Like, it just appears at the same time, and you can be dead from that. Uh, the way you can stack with a Harmonized and Fire Surge, you can stack a Fire Surge and an AGS, as long as you have a Harm, in one singular tick, every time without fail, as long as you can recognize if you have PID or not. Because uh, if, if you don't have PID, you have to be a bit further away. Uh, and if you have PID, you can stand a bit closer, for example. Mm. But uh, ne- nearly every time you can get it in just one singular tick. So a lot of people, you you can just rush them or, I guess, fight them, making them think that they can kill you. Which, it's very hard to anti-rush a harm stack since you'll always venge the fire surge over the AGS. Oh, interesting. So even if they land on the same tick, it's just because that one was cast first, I guess? Yeah, I think it. I, I don't know completely how it works, but that's from my experience. Okay. Uh, from what I've noticed, anyway, I've never never gotten avenged off of the AGS, which which is interesting because I felt like it just would have been randomized, but it's not. Okay. It it must be just because the projectile has already been coming at you. Yeah. I, guess. I don't. I don't know. That's probably it, though. But yeah, yeah, so that is by far my favorite type of PKing. It's just very quick, easy. Uh, it's fast-paced. All you do is just rush people over and over again, really. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I under I completely understand how, how good the harm staff is. Even in PVM, it's really great. The only issue is that they've come out with a spellbook that can just give you free DPS whenever you want. And so, yeah, uh, I remember. Did you see the tweet from Mod Arcane about that? I think, yeah, uh, we we were in the same thread. We were just talking about. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Talking. Uh, yeah, he I... was he was talking about. For those that don't know, so I brought up the idea that the harm staff is going to plummet in price. Now, again, PKers will always still use it. It's a really good weapon, mm-hmm. but it'll somewhat plummet because the Arcane spellbook came out, which is giving you death charge, giving you thralls at all times. Shit like that, which devalues the amount of DPS the harm can produce. And so Arcane's first uh, idea was that it could become like a, like a charge staff. Almost like you can always be on the standard spellbook if you have a, a uh, harm staff, but you could also use a different spellbook. And then West Ham brought up the point how fucking busted that would be in PvP <laughs> using Venge yeah, as well. I, I think it would completely break it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Obviously, it's a very expensive item, so it's not like everyone could use it anyway. But for those that would have it, I mean, yeah. I, I think it would just be too overpowered to fit into the current PvP meta. Yeah. I think, okay, so I don't know if you care enough, if you even thought about it. But do you know or do you have an idea of what could help? Because honestly, at this point, nothing's happened and the harm's still fine. I still used it. At Fasani's, it's enjoyable because you don't need to focus on these like minute cooldowns and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it is devalued because you have to be on the standard spellbook. I'm curious if you have any ideas, if you've thought any further on that, what they could do, at least PVM related to the harm staff that wouldn't break um, PVP. So the thing is, I I feel like PVM is very good at calculating DPS very early on. Like so, as soon even before something has made it into the game, there's usually someone. That has already ran the DPS calculations based off the, like post stats and what mm-hmm. mechanics they would have. Um, I think Harmonize would be fine if it could auto cast all spells, uh, even Ancients. 
which even ancient yeah i I think it would be fine in that setting harmonized uh i I know a lot of people think like harmonized would uh break in pvp if you could order cast ancients but i think as long as they keep the the fact that you have to like auto cast it rather than manually cast it i think it's completely fine oh yeah that is true but they'd have to do that okay that is what I'm honestly. Yeah, I'm not sure if it would be broken to blood barrage uh, in PV PVM. <laughs> it would be. Speed. It would completely break Slayer metas. Oh, actually, actually yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> like it would. Com- I didn't think about that. It would, so the the only way it could work is if they had an arbitrary restriction. Um, yeah, so saying like the chambers. Uh, it, it would call the catacomb. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and the cat. You would just literally be speeding everything up by like 25 percent, just disgusting um or 20 is it 20 or 25 i can't do the math in my I head think right what, but, but yeah five soldiers five tick and it makes it 40 yeah. so it would be 20 percent. i think okay yeah. that's 20 percent. um crazy thing is is yeah that would completely break everything and that would just make it so everybody every like iron man anybody anybody that's going for doing real say has to get a harm but on the cool side the harm would be billions like literally billions it would be so fucking disgusting and it yeah, wouldn't I mean, it wouldn't I break pvp like needs something like that though it needs an, an item that is just like exceedingly expensive yeah and i honestly think that would be really cool be- and i say that because i actually fucking have i've i've had two of them so like it doesn't even matter <laughs> so of course it sounds like an agenda but Okay, that might be shaking things up a bit too much because Slayer's already been extremely devalued. So those that are already pissed at me for even advocating this, because there's a lot of people that are very uh, sensitive toward the topic of devaluation and stuff. The cool thing about the harm is, yes, it would break. So I, I think in an Iron Man, a, a skilling Iron Man, let's just say there's somebody going for 200 mil Slayer. Would it be worth the time investment to go camp nightmare to get that? Because that's the other thing you have to consider: how many hours you're wasting to save hours. So yeah, I don't know what late round the calculation for like how many hours you would be spending at nightmare if you wanted all the drops, and it it, it was a ridiculous amount. Yep. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a ridiculous amount. And I honestly think that would actually be fair. Would it be really, really unfair for those that spoon it? Yeah, but that's the same thing with, like, somebody spooning a Tebow. If somebody gets a 20kc Tebow and then somebody gets, like, a 4,000kc Tebow, it just sucks to be them, you know? Yeah, I mean, in general, though, with OSRS, I feel like we are very held back by... I I mean, I know Reddit makes this argument a lot, and it's one of the things that I actually agree with Reddit on. Uh, A lot of the updates in this game are held back by people that have restricted themselves, like, by choice, and they just don't want whatever XP they have devalued. Yep. And I think, in general, that is, like, harmful towards the direction of the game. There's a point to it. There's definitely a, like a line where you can cross it where it actually is busted, but I do agree with you. There is a lot of things that are held back. We don't have like there's just certain items that you I don't, we almost feel like can't ever come out in the game because of just the community's thoughts on it currently. Which yeah, I, I think understand. Even, yeah, I think even like stuff like a new skill, for example, is so heavily stigmatized because of people um, that just 
are going for like 200 mil all or care about their total and whatnot and they don't want to lose their rank so they'll try their very hardest to I, I, w I wouldn't say like propaganda their way into people voting no but like they'll definitely try persuade the public as much as they possibly can yeah and to be fair like i i'm not a pker and so i see things so i try to look at things both ways if there was all of a sudden something that i mean I'm trying now i'm trying to think of it in the same way so like i just imagine because i'm really heavily into clue scrolls i love them mm -hmm. and i also kind of compete with them so like over time i want to be rank one with a bunch of them but if they randomly four years down the road came out with something that was like three times as fast to get clue scrolls i'd be pretty pissed because it's like come on like you couldn't have introduced this three years ago when i started like really yeah i mean that that's always the case right a lot of people will feel like their own stuff got devalued because of updates but that's kind of that's how it is with anything in a game i yeah. feel like i mean no. if you compare old school's release to how it is now obviously the yeah. experience gains that people are getting are significantly higher now than what it was in old school's oh release. yeah insanely and higher. yeah the, the game's always gonna go in that direction so where, like stuff is getting faster yep um, what what because needs... I, mean, I mean at some point we will have to do the same thing that rs3 has did which is uh make actual 120 skills yeah probably um what they need to do is just not make things so extreme so like they can always have little buffs to things that's fine that's inevitable mm -hmm. that's but when something comes out and it's just like twice as good all of a sudden it's probably not healthy you, sh you should have like slowly done it yeah so. i think that's what a lot of people think the wilderness should be um i know twitter is a massive echo chamber i've noticed that uh a lot over the years Yep. So, like, I'm sure that the Wildy update, um, which I'm sure we'll get to as well, like, the Wildy blog and the changes that got proposed now is probably liked by, by the, like, majority of the player base. But if I look at my Twitter, it looks like the majority hates it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's just... No, it it's, is... it's not accurate whatsoever, but we're all in, like, our little echo chambers yep. where... We follow people that think the same way as us, uh, and when it comes to when it comes to like worldy updates as well, they're so controversial every single time. I think PVMers have it very easy. Uh, I know I might be kind of generalizing here, but I think PVMers have it very easy to like what they can agree on. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah. the only changes they make to PVM for the most part is just releasing a new boss or releasing like a, a harder version of what they got currently. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's hard to say no to that. Why would you say no to that? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. So I was briefly listening. I don't know if you ever listened to the like Rice Cup, Rakesy, and uh, Mint Mad Cow podcast. Mm -hmm. So they had so. Uh, yeah, I I've listened to some of those before. Yeah. I think I listened to the one they did with Bonesaw. Okay. I didn't listen that to that one. That was the one that really got my interest. I listened to the one with Solo Mission they had on just like last week, I think. Mm -hmm. They were talking about the Wilderness blog and stuff like that. And also, I, I, you were watching Bodhi's ramble on PvP and how he really wants it so that... He wants it so that there's no uniques really being given out in the Wilderness. So 
PVMers can't feel forced to go out there because there's nothing actually different about it, but it, it will be the best money maker, which is what he thinks will be the best idea to revive the world. Yeah, I, I think that's a quite popular opinion as well. Yeah. So, okay, there's a, there's a bunch of different questions I'm going to have, and I've reviewed the Wilderness blog recently, and I'm just thinking, like, in your opinion... I guess, like, just to simplify it, we'll get into it uh, definitely into more detail. But, like, to oversimplify it, what do you think would be the best kind of overarching thing for the wilderness, theme for the wilderness, I guess, to revive it, I guess? See, the thing is, I don't really know. Um, I feel like my opinion on this has kind of shifted throughout the years. Uh, I, I used to agree with Bodhi. Um, I think... The solution that Bodhi has is the sim- like the simplest one and the one that has been tried before and has worked before. Um, but th- that's exactly that. It's the fact that it's the only thing that has been ev- like that's ever been tried before. Yeah. So I'm not completely against Jagex's decision. I don't think single plus is going to be the thing that re- like revives the wilderness at all. Um, but. I also have the feeling that, like, just because the food chain that people refer to, which is like having OP money makers, uh, will create a food chain in the wilderness, which is true, it would. Uh, that is a solution, sure. Uh, whether that would work long term or not, I don't really know. What scares me about making the wilderness the best and just the best money maker is, mm-hmm. uh, and this is just a natural side effect of it, is eventually clans lock down stuff and make fuck tons of gold. Because what Jagex plans it is like, okay, we'll make the wilderness 5 mil an hour on average for like a, a person that's in pretty good gear with max stats. Yeah, and that, that was the case with Revenant, right? Yeah, and then it ends up being like 15 mil an hour for those that can just have complete lockdown, complete safety, never have to bank. And it becomes somewhat skewed. Now, I do... And it's not to say, like, oh, that's that's unfair because they get to do that. Because, I mean, anybody could just go in there and try to stop them, you know? No, nothing's stopping anybody from stopping them doing that. But uh, it really does, I don't know, it becomes a... Be- I, what are your thoughts on, like, abuse like that? Where, like, revs came out and people were locking down worlds. Iron Men were paying the mob to do that. Like, I'll share my opinions on it, but I want to hear yours first, I guess. So, the the way that worked was, I think initially, Rot locked down the 2.2k worlds. That was, like, the initial lockdown. Uh, They completely locked down the 2.2k worlds and, like, had them for themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I think they began uh, marketing the 2k worlds as for sale. (laughs) So, not only did they have the 2.2k, but they also completely locked down the 2k total worlds as well. And started selling off the 2K worlds to people that wanted to buy it. I think majority majority of it was Iron Man, if I remember yeah. correctly. That was the kind of people that they would appeal to. They would make a lot of money from that. I had uh, a couple friends that was actually paid to be the protectors. And I think they would earn something like 175 mil a week for essentially standing still yep. and just waiting for something to happen. Which is absolutely insane. I and, and on top of that, because... Uh, at least I was there in the beginning. I don't know how it progressed for the next two years, but they would also just kill their occasional revs. So on top of just standing there, they'd just like, yeah, I'll just kill a few revs as well. Get lucky. 
So, yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if there was revs free, they would just yeah, kill they it. Because right? would... <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I believe the way they did it was like, depending on who came first and like, yeah, if you wanted to pay for like an extra rev, then you could do that. But if there was revs free, you could just kill them if you like. Yep. So I, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a tough one. I feel like obviously there are teams that could, th there are other multi-teams that could compete with Rot and just try to take it down. And they did. Uh, they did, Rot had a couple problems, I, I believe, with like locking it down for a short period of time. But ultimately, as long so, I, I think the way it ended up being was that clans would basically ask Rot, like, "Can we protect the 1750s in exchange for like you helping us if we get hit in our worlds, and we'll help you?" And like the, the circle kind of grows from that to the point where. I think even the 1250 total worlds became <laughs> locked down. And eventually it was this big, massive, like, money circle of just clans protecting total worlds and, like, selling them off. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it became a bit of a joke at the end. It's, and... it's somewhat beautiful, though, because it's all community-driven. Like, Yeah, exactly. It's like, these, just people, you know, if there's... I, don't I mean, know, it's the same shit as IRL, right? I mean, yep. it's, it's someone seeing an opportunity to make money and they're taking it yep uh i can't really blame him for what they did whatsoever if anything i think uh the other teams i mean if there is a team that is superior to the other ones I i'm not trying to like i don't know <laughs> big up rot here but they they are a very big multi-team and they ha they've proven themselves to be a quite good multi-team at that uh, so I I'm not surprised that they were able to do that. But ultimately as well, if they just end up agreeing with all other clans to like leave each other alone in it and just sit there and make money off of this thing, then I, I don't know. I, I can't say I blame them. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess I'll just share my brief opinion. So I was in revs for like three months straight. It's basically the week, the week of Wildy Weapon release. And for three months straight, I was off. Uh, my my classes had just ended and so literally for three months besides like the last month and a half when i was working part-time it was mm -hmm. me sitting laying in my bed on my laptop camping revs <laughs> non-stop and it was draining to say the least it was uh a mental you had to have a lot of mental strength to be able to stay there because you're getting flamed the fuck out so if you're like an iron man you're not used to being out in the wilderness where it's like People come and just be the most toxic they could ever possibly be to you and then, like, rag you almost, you know, just make you feel like you never want to go out in the wilderness again. And then you're dealing with that shit and then you're also dealing with, like, okay, like, the only way to prevent this is to pay them off, basically, like, yeah, shit like that. So I dealt with it for three months and, uh, yeah, uh, but I will say, like, when you're just looking at it, like, when you, when you just kind of take a step back and see the overall thing it is somewhat beautiful that you know that it's all community driven it's the same thing i see with like relating it to skilling people running essence to you it's like there's nothing in the game that says that's wrong you're getting way more xp than you normally would but it's like you're using players instead of like these in-game services you're just you're i don't know yeah i mean you're like it's providing a a service which happens all around the game yep. i think the broken part was just that it was in the wilderness and i think that's where like the flawed part came in because it was meant to be like a dangerous area not necessarily one where you go and pay someone and then you're completely like risk-free pretty much 
what do you think could solve that? So if that is an issue, I, I don't know. And again, like you're very, uh, I, I said this on one of my rambles. I like how you talk about PVP because you don't use your emotions to talk about it. You just, if you don't know whether something is good, you just say that and then you, I don't know. You're yeah, not, you're not mean, emotional when you're talking about like it. that. It's like um, I don't have a solution for that, unfortunately. I, I mean, I feel like that that's with, with any type of update they release to the wilderness. That's always a danger of happening. If you look at Callisto currently, uh, there's Callisto protection CCs as well, um, but they just aren't really recognized that much because, well, Callisto doesn't generate that much activity. It doesn't generate that much GP. So. Yep the odds of that getting recognized by Jagex not very high. I think the only reason Revs got so much attention was because of how much like money Revs actually put out into the game. Uh, which, I mean, I, I must say, I think Revs, the way they made them, was a mistake from the very beginning. Um, Revenants, the way I remember them from back in the day, or like pre-EOC, was Revenants was uh, a bit of a hit or miss. It wasn't really consistent money. You, you wouldn't get anything. You would get like a couple, what, like 300, 400 GP off of a rev. And, and that was like your loot. And then you had that chance of either getting a corrupted dragon item or the uh, corrupted PvP armors or the regular PvP armors. And that, that was Revenants. And then if you compare that to old school, where it was basically consistent money, and, and that's everything in old school nowadays. Yeah. It's consistent money everywhere. I, I think that was the initial mistake i don't think revs would have had that problem if they could just find a way to actually introduce items that were good but only usable in pvp yeah and that that's also where i think majority of the polls fail because um all these items are always polled as like uh i understand that ironmen or like regular players don't want to feel forced to go into pvp which is completely fair that's also why I think the Wilderness should only offer stuff that is good in PvP. It shouldn't offer stuff that is good for skilling or good for PvM. It should only offer stuff that actually benefits the people that go to that area in the first place. Yeah. So what? You, so is uh, like crossbow and stuff, that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about... Because that would kind of relate to PvM, sort of? Yeah, but the, yeah, I mean, crossbow... Also, it, crossbows kind of suffered the same fate as, like, Blowpipe from Zolra did. Like, if you look at crossbow and, like, the wieldy weapons right now, they're not expensive what like whatsoever, just because Revenants already, like, generate so much GP anyway that they got farmed to a point where the drops also became so much more common. It bothers me so much. I, I am always so pissed off that Jagex said... They so Jagex initially um, on release of revs were dropping like a hundred noted dragon skirts, and then they changed it to these totems or these mm-hmm. ancient things. And then they said, as soon as we come out with a unique, we'll get rid of the money drops, like those huge relic drops and stuff like that. We'll get rid of it and we'll replace it with these new worldy weapons. But instead, they fucking kept everything on there, which honestly was the biggest contributing factor to how devalued the. Uh, or I guess the plummet of price. Yeah, if you look at Crossbow on release, it was like 400 mil. Yeah, and that's what's still in my mind, it, because I'm an Iron Man, that's like maintain- still what I see it as. Yeah, it, it, it maintained a very good price for a long time. Uh, another thing that really skewed revs was the fact that people didn't know that if you were Skulled, you would receive better loot yep. and a way better drop chance at the wieldy <laughs> weapons. 
And then obviously the whole uh, Jed scandal happened and all of that information ended up getting out. And now we're kind of at a point where like the meta has already been solved. Um, and because so many worldly weapons are already in the game, they're never really going to rise to a price that they actually deserve to be because they are very overpowered. Yep. Like training for, for almost any account that isn't a main training with the worldly weapons is the best XP. Oh, yeah, it has to be. Just against some squishy you... monster out in the wilderness? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now, currently. I'm <laughs> killing Elder Chaos Druids with a vigorous chain mace on my 60 attack Zerk because it's almost twice the XP that you would get in, like, Nightmare Zone. Oh, yeah. Skimmy, for example. Uh, just, I don't know. O overall, the worldly weapons are really good, but they're not at the price they deserve to be. And it's a, it's a similar situation with, like, the Blowpipe, where the Blowpipe was like the best weapon in the entire game but because zolra got farmed so much yep. because it just dropped money every single time he just gave you like a guaranteed 200k drop so many of them were coming into the game so there was not really any point of them having that value yeah and i've i've been saying this for years i i agree with bodhi at the at uh when he said zolra could literally just drop scales and uniques that's it scales yeah, unique that would it. be perfectly fine and that really works for zora because you're getting best in slot items it couldn't work for every other place necessarily like we'd have to, it'd be like a case-by-case -case scenario because it's the same thing with hydra like hydra drops a lance nothing mm -hmm. else um like you don't need to be dropping other shit as well with okay hydra is just a really shitty boss fight so we can all agree to that like this is not fun but at the same time, when you're dropping best in slot melee gloves, best in slot uh, dragon killing lance, like you do not need to be dropping anything else other than that. The price will be super, super high, and people will camp it still because it's dropping best in slot. Now, Vorkath, for example, is just dropping like a shield, like a shitty shield and a shitty necklace. That yeah, needs to... I mean, the interesting part is you say shitty shield, and I think that's from the aspect of like, uh it's not useful in pvm right but for pvp it's great oh true for for pvp the dragon fireboard is essentially a twisted buckler but a more tanky version and it you, has you that dragon fire that a couple... protection yeah yeah exactly wait what about so, the uh, wyvern visage is that used at all i know it has incredibly high melee yeah, the, defense the wyvern is basically a hybrid's favorite shield okay because uh, in hybrid fights, you're only doing melee and magic. Oh, yeah, that would be so, perfect. <laughs> you know yeah, what's... exactly. So it's like the best case scenario where an item like that really fits into the hybrid meta. What's really funny about that shield is there's a literal metal dragon face on the shield, and it has zero range defense. Like... <laughs> It's literally metal, dude. I mean, yeah, that, that's his RuneScape logic in general, I swear to God. Like, some of the stuff just looks, like, so good and tanky. But then you look at the stats, and you're just like, huh? You're like, how is this melee? How does it, How does this even have melee defense if it doesn't have range defense? It makes zero sense. Like, I think that's the trade-off that they make a lot of the time. So if you look at the Dragon Fireboard, I believe, it doesn't have that great melee defenses either. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I understand the combat triangle, but just at, like, a realistic point of view like huh like if this thing has yeah, any exactly. melee defense it should always have some range defense just that's what people would think at least it's funny i don't know runescape is at a very weird stage right now where like they can't really get anything into the game unless it already drops 
a significant amount of money. And I, I partially blame Jagex because, like, ultimately, it's them that make the decision to not nerf the bosses that they have currently and instead release something that's just better. That, yeah. That's the way they've done it for so long now, where uh, it has to be better money than, like, what is there already. So they just make him drop Alkaballs. And that's all we get. Just more and more Alkaballs coming into the game. I know Hydra drops like a variety of stuff, but ultimately it is just gold. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, I was uh, just thinking. I don't know. So, okay, here's a here's a question I have. It's kind of off topic slightly, but what do you mm-hmm. think they could do to the... The, uh, the Thamarin Scepter. The Thamarin Scepter actually isn't all that useless. Um, but because of what we have in the wilderness, not much of it is weak to magic. Uh, the Thamarin Scepter is a quite useful item for people that aren't 75 attack and want a cheaper option to a Master Wand or a Kodai Wand. But, hmm... They need to, I don't know, the wilderness lacks a lot of content that is, like, unique. I feel like the wildy bosses have already been solved to the point where, like, everything's just safe spotable and it, it, it doesn't even hit back. You just sit there and, like, whack it with a mace. Yep. Uh, I believe they are fixing that, though, so we might see some use come out of it. I think Farmer and Scepter is best in slot, though, for Crazy Arcologist, I believe, but it's just not dropping anything like valuable really and i'm i think actually like a harm is literally better than a thamarins everywhere which is really silly that, to, yeah that might be true actually that 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 is silly to me that you have a best in slot in in a perfect situation there's already another pvm item that outclasses it obviously it's worth a bill and this one's worth like what pennies now i don't even know yeah how it's much like 600k i don't know <laughs> Jesus it's not Christ. <laughs> yeah it's really funny how uh i remember like way back People were like hoarding these Samarin scepters, waiting for an update, and they were paying like five mil each to like start stocking up on these. I feel bad yeah, for those that were. I, I don't know why anyone would do that. That was like <laughs> the item that I really would never expect to go up because it's just mage in this game for PVM just hasn't really been relevant outside of like TOB and like raids. Yeah. Like, where else do you really use mage for anything? Yeah. No. Okay, honestly, I keep thinking back to your point of making the harmonize be able to cast every spell at four tick. I think that is, oh, I think it's honestly genius. I I was just thinking of like you know in raids, um, just going back to like the skillers, like they they will go to chambers to go get a Kodai to speed up Slayer because the Kodai is really fucking good. Oh um, yeah, yeah, just the auto cast like the catacombs. Exactly, but there, but there's still like that trade off. It's like, okay, do I do the raids? Do I try my luck here? And then uh, there's nightmare. So like, do you want to try your luck at a harm staff? And that would significantly speed up. So I actually, I'm starting to think as long as you're okay, because I used to think there's no way we we could do this because it would affect PvP too harshly. But if you're saying it wouldn't be that. OP for like what what actually does more DPS ice barrage or uh fire surge with max I think ice barrage does slightly more DPS because of how accurate it is um so if it so, was being sped up by four tick would that be too busted 
See, the the only really okay. So, the only scenario where the harmonized would be too overpowered, if I were to look at PvP and you could auto cast ancient uh, ancients with it, is single team. Okay, that's like the only scenario where I can see it being too overpowered. Similar to the way the new bow is, the new bow is very overpowered if no one is hitting you back. Yeah, which isn't really going to be the case for anyone except. Uh, people that are in single teams and even even then i'd say i led a single team for what nearly what five years i think and uh over the years i feel like a lot of people don't really so so the meta of tanking used to always be equip your staff and work on your prayers and focus on eating and that was it mm. nowadays i kind of feel like a lot of people will put on their crossbows instead turn on auto retaliate and make sure that they're hitting the whoever is on them back because i mean it, as hard hitting as range is now uh if you're hitting someone back that's in ancestral focusing you or like with an armor to switch they don't really have that much defense yeah that's so true. That's hitting true. them back is the better option because at least then you'll be making them brew and kind of like throwing them off so they have to keep repotting yeah uh and also, if they're switching opponents, so like if they're switching focuses with you, uh, the order retail will make it so like they'll get one hit off where you can't see them, but straight after that you'll get a hit off on them and you'll see them at the top of the pile again. Yeah, and I actually think now that singles plus is being introduced into all singles areas, is that correct? Uh, I don't think it's happened yet, has it? No, it hasn't happened yet, but it, that's the plan. Oh yeah, yeah, it will be. Okay, I think. The, like i'm starting to think that could actually fucking work uh just make the harm staff make it so you know if you have a bu- and it would also make the harm staff even more expensive i really like how nightmare currently is and we were going back to like you know zora dropping just a sh- consistent money fasani's nightmare how it is right now is honestly so fucking perfect you, yeah i agree you've done a little bit of fasani's right um yeah i mean i did it on the day of release and i got a kc after like an hour um but for the most part i've done regular nightmare it's been one of those there's very little pvm content that i enjoy in the game i mostly enjoy content like uh, zolra because it's fast-paced you're moving around you're switching your items a lot yeah similar to pk (laughs) yeah so that's the type of pvm i enjoy i don't really enjoy pvm where you're standing still or like just focusing on let's say like prayers nightmare is i'd say it's a bit of variety uh kind of has both elements but for the most part you have to be kind of hyper focused that nightmare if you make mistakes they're fairly punishing i love how i i used i like i have a problem with normal nightmare because it's just way everything's way too rare in my opinion it's mm-hmm. just it like they just overshot it a bit. Things should be rare, but like they shouldn't have been as rare as normal nightmare was. And again, like just a twenty percent reduction on that was like perfect with Fasani's. And then the loot that you would get from normal nightmare was just a little bit a little bit discouraging. And so I think they've just nailed it now, where it's still a, a little amount of loot relatively to other bosses, but it's like kind of like gives you a little bit of incentive i don't know just like the normal drop when you get 500 blood runes now it's like oh shit that's pretty good so yeah i mean regardless i really like the idea of bosses that don't really drop much but when you do hit the jackpot I you're agree. actually getting something of value with zolra it's like 
I don't know, Zolra Vorkaf, they're all kind of the same. You yeah, get the they're boring. You go, yeah, you, you get Drops the rare drop and you go, oh, I saved three hours. <laughs> I got like, I got three hours of killing the boss free, pretty much. Yeah. And that's it. And it's just like, okay, cool. But with Nightmare, it's like, I think every drop there is like 100 mil plus, And you can even get the Harmonize, which is like close to 800 mil. I, I'm not sure what it's at currently, but it, it, for the most part, it's been like a bill plus, right? So it, it's like hitting the jackpot. That could be a literal game changer for most people. Yeah. Nah, I, I'd for say real. there's very few people that uh, would get like a one bill drop and just kind of shrug it off. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Like, I think they've nailed it now. I don't know, man. I'm I'm getting I'm kind of like that idea of making every spell four tick with the harm. Yeah, I feel like it's I don't know. There's probably some PVM of that. Yeah, we we more, like yeah. What implications it would have on the game or whatnot? A hundred percent. We'll need to see other viewpoints. Yeah, for, for PvP, I don't think it's that overpowered. Um, people only think it's overpowered because they assume that like you're never going to be taking any damage back and you can sit there and auto-cast with it. But that's not really the case. I peek it with Harmonize all the time. It's not like I just auto-cast 24-7 because if I get hit once, I'm going to have to brew up. Yep. And then immediately I'm wasting ticks because I have to restore and then put the auto-cast back on. Yep. And by that time, I could have already gone hit again. Yeah, maybe maybe it is balanced. We'll we'll have to see because I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, let's let's move on to uh, some Twitter topics real quick. Um, okay, I want to start off with I guess kind of a simple one. Um, Spongy towels asks, how do you think the PVM and PVP community could work together to get a fair update? So many people hate each other over this issue. So this is a topic that I've been like thinking about so much over the past two years, ever since like the initial Twitter versus Reddit thing kind of happened. Um, I've been so, I've been thinking about it. I think the main issue that people have in the wilderness is they they feel they're forced to go into the wilderness. I don't I don't agree with the fact that you're forced to go somewhere just because you don't have the best in slot item. But I can understand where they're coming from. At least I can understand that like it can be annoying. Um, and I think the solution to that is making the wilderness only drop stuff that is relevant to PvP and not PvM. Uh, I don't think the wilderness should drop anything that's relevant to skilling or pvm because it doesn't need to uh, the wilderness should be a place where even pkers should go pvm there because if they actually want the drops for like let's say vls or like a status warhammer something like that um people would go do it especially if it wasn't tradable oh yeah for real if people actually had to like PVM for stuff rather than just buying it, because that's that's the way that it it currently is. Like I feel like all PKs just buy whatever items they need off of the GE, uh, since they don't really need to PVM. If you're PKing for money, you're never gonna have to PVM. So what would what would happen if you killed a person that had an untradeable Stadius Warhammer? You just get money from it or what? I mean, that's the way it worked pre-EOC. I didn't really understand. Initially, when, uh, what's it called? When uh, they were there was talks about bringing VLS and stuff like that into the game, uh, a lot of people were, like, disappointed with the fact that if you killed someone for a VLS back in the day, you didn't get the VLS. But that's 
fair in my opinion i feel like that's the only way you can keep things expensive in today's economy so if you got a vls you would have to i think uh initially it was like you charge it with 50 mil or, or something crazy or yeah so the way the way it currently is is like if you charge a vls well to charge a vls you have to put 50 mil into it and then if you die for that vls the opponent gets 50 mil and the vls is gone from the game yeah okay that Which, would definitely keep it at a. Yeah, I mean, would be OP, I guess. It's relevant, I guess, but I mean, we don't have the VLS anywhere. I also thought, found it very weird that VLS got repolled like four times, but Stadius <laughs> Warhammer, Croft Armors, Morrigan Jabs, Axes, all of that you just didn't get repolled. The only focus people had was on the most overpowered item out of them all. I I, I never really understood why vls got so much attention but the other items didn't because i feel like if you repolled the lesser overpowered items stadius warhammer morrigan axis jabs and potentially the armors i feel like they have they have a better chance at making it into the game than what the vls does and at least then we have something compared to nothing and then you could just slip in the vls and be like oh this this is thematically correct yeah ex- slip it in. Ex- exactly because then you already have yeah the other items so people might be more accepting of getting the vls in so i i, I don't know i think jagex approach to that was definitely wrong i know vls was only 10 votes off of, of making it last poll but i don't know the, the fact that they've repolled it like four or five times <laughs> didn't make sense to me yeah. it almost aggravated me every time i saw it back in the poll yeah like they have a hard on for this vls um yeah exactly what do you think of PvP worlds where people aren't PKing in the wilderness and they're just PKing around the world, like GE, Varrock, and stuff? Um, what, like the way we currently have PvP yep, worlds? Yep, exactly. How it's been for years. Just when when people <laughs> ask to like revive the wilderness, some mm-hmm. of the time it's like, well, all the PKers are spread out so thin that are like, you know on different pvp worlds just not even in the wilderness and so what do you think about all that so i think this is a very controversial opinion uh which i know i've talked about it on stream a lot of people don't agree with me i don't think the way jagex have done pvp uh on old school is very good because now you have people that well, when Bounty Hunter existed, you had people that only wanted to do Bounty Hunter, and you had people that only wanted to do PvP, and you had people that only wanted to do Wilderness. And when the PVM community, uh, not PVM, the PvP community just decreased over time, splitting all those, like splitting them into three didn't really help at all. I, I, I think PvP doesn't really need to be there like the pvp worlds could be removed and instead be moved to the wilderness and keep the same type of formula where even if you are on level one you can attack someone that is like 10 combats above you and i think that would be fine because the the wilderness kind of always had the only way it got active and the way different spots were actually formed so like west drags used to be the place where low combat med levels or pures and zerks would go east dragons would be somewhere between that but uh, a few higher combats would also go there so it would be a bit of a mix between med levels not that many pures but mainly med levels and like some higher combat mains sometimes yeah 
And then you had like 44s, Deep Wilderness, Mage Bank. Uh, those spots were mainly for main. And the only way those were formed was because people went into went into the wilderness and got curious and kind of moved around different spots. And eventually these locations formed and they all had like their unique type of accounts that would PK there. I think with PvP worlds, you're kind of removing that because no one's going into the wilderness without already having a designated spot that they want to go to. But when there's no curious people going around just testing different locations, because like if you make a new PK or go into level one wild, eventually they might be like, well, I kind of want to find a more like calm place where there's not as many people and see if I can find any noobs. Similar to what PvP is. I mean, there's people that venture out in PvP worlds and you just go to random locations and you'll find a noob training. Yep. Uh, I think the wilderness needs that. And if I were to be honest, I think the wilderness getting revived kind of needs PvP worlds to be removed as well. Um, they definitely can coexist, but I think if they are both in the game, the PvP worlds are always going to be more active than the wilderness. Just yeah. ease of access. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it because I, just, I'm not a PKer, so I don't know the effects of it. But I always thought it it was kind of silly that all the PVPers are kind of being spread thin because of PVP worlds. So. But... Yeah, I, I mean the fact that we got split into like three different categories from the beginning. Uh, like I don't know. I, I I just thought it was ridiculous, and it's one of the main reasons why PVP has been on a decline for so long. Mm. Okay, what do you think about BH? Uh, do you think Bounty Hunter can ever come back and be healthy? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I will say, just on my end, like I believe BH can be a really powerful update and really good for the game, but it needs moderation, which Jagex will just... They can afford it, but they're not willing to put resources into it. They just need some moderation. Yeah, I mean, hi hiring someone and telling them to go around and ban bots around a specific world doesn't exactly sound too enticing either. I can't really <laughs> imagine that's easy to recruit someone to do. Yeah, and it, I mean, it would just take... I mean, it's not like the person is running around the game, but just just have a couple people just monitoring BH, you know? Like, I, I mean, I know that's going to be some extra money and stuff, but like that doesn't sound too bad to like just see if there's abuse going on and just get rid of it. Like... There's so many games with moderation, and, like, Jagex just refuses to moderate their own game, I feel like. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I feel like Jagex are just, they're not very keen on moderating anything that they release. <laughs> They'd rather remove it as a whole than yeah. actually put some effort into moderating it, but... Because... Regardless, that... I, I, I actually agree with ModMatK. I think ModMatK got a lot of hate for holding back BH, but the reason ModMatK held back BH for as long as he did was because he said it wasn't ready. And I agree. I don't think BH was ready. When they released it, um, in the initial BH release didn't get boosted as much, but it was still a problem. Uh, then they removed it, got got it out again. Same thing happened. Did the same thing. Just it happened over and over again. I I, I don't think BH was ready at all and i don't really know what they could do to solve it because it, it's not really something that i've put that much thought into um i know a lot of people seek answers from like content creators and whatnot but like we don't know everything yeah and i think people like jagex probably know i mean 
I, I know it's a bit of a meme to say they know better than us because I mean, but they have all the st the statistics and yeah, exactly. Kind of they they have all the data that they need to actually make these decisions. Obviously, they've made some wrong decisions in the past, but ultimately, content creators don't have access to the same stuff that Jagex does. So it's hard for us to actually know what is right for the game. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, there there was another thing in the blog talking about um, bank keys or loot keys, mm -hmm. where you where you can go bank them. I mean, now I'm just thinking like in conjunction with BH if it was ever released and moderated correctly, and I think it would be really cool almost as if the, those bank keys or, or I keep calling them bank keys, loot keys, uh, were just given throughout the entire wilderness like wh what do you think about loot keys is that good for the game how they're currently proposed um i think loot keys are a interesting concept that probably would benefit majority of the pkos if i'm thinking back to like my single pking days of like leading a team and whatnot though um i think my biased opinion if i were to think of it out of single pking perspective was that uh, it would be it would make it even harder for single teams to kill other single teams again, which is already extremely difficult. That's kind of why you see them on such a decline. Uh, there used to be a lot of teams roaming the game. Now you don't really have that many. I think there's about three that are actually big and like relevant beating up with each other. Um, but I, I think for, for your average PKer and majority of the player base, loot keys are a good update. I think it's I think it's a cool idea. The more I heard about it, I was like, okay, like this makes sense. And it also uh can't remember where I was hearing it. I think it was on that podcast, the the OSR's podcast where they're talking about how you could kill somebody, but like you know how uh for example like Zami Wine bots and Green Dragon bots, it's almost not worth to even kill them because like you you're not even gonna be able to loot all their stuff because they just have so much junk. It's like, at least this will encourage it. So it's like, you kill them, boom, one thing picked up, move on. You're not like spam yeah, yeah. clicking a pile. That I can definitely agree with. It, it will make it more worthwhile to actually kill the people that are like in wilderness. Yeah. Um, think, think but like, good. I don't know. I think going back to the bounty hunter thing, bounty hunter definitely could succeed if all the drops were untradeable. Um if everything in the store that you could buy with emblems was untradeable, like what what was the actual need of like blighted items and whatnot being tradable? <laughs> yeah. Those I, I blighted items weren't even pulled, were they? They just kind of came into the game. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't recall them being pulled. It's just such a. I'm. I mean, I understand. You know, it's kind of a, a simple art. It's 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 simple to say that's private servery. But, like, the wilderness is really, in my eyes, at least some aspects of it, have, has really kind of become this private server where it's, like, use these different resources that can't be used anywhere else. I mean, who yeah. knows if it's good for the game? And to be fair, I don't have many complaints about it. I just feel like the look of it is just so weird. It's, like, which yeah, maybe, so maybe that's how the game has to, you know, go down. Like, that's the path that has to go down to, like, you know, I don't, I don't fucking know. It, it was weird, though. Yeah, I remember my brother recently came back into the game. The same brother that actually got me playing in 2007. Um, he came back about last month. 
and he's been watching my streams and whatnot, and he doesn't know what like half the items I use and are anymore. Uh, he he doesn't re like exactly know what I'm wielding and like all these new items. Like he, he, in general, the game's very confusing for him. Yeah. Uh, like the blighted items and whatnot, all of that, it, it just doesn't seem like a RuneScape item, really. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. It, it really seems like some type of private server item. Yeah. But I do think blighted items could fit into the game, uh, and the bounty hunter store could be relaunched as long as everything was just untradeable on there and the only thing they benefited was pvp nothing else yeah yeah uh and again it's just kind of the look of it it's not like i'm advocating against it it's fine how it kind of is right now um what are your thoughts on uh, this was this is a topic i brought up on multiple casts and multiple rambles of them now polling and or not not polling sorry they're them just putting out into the game from the wilderness changes getting rid of skull tricking i want to hear your thoughts on it <laughs> uh, um there's like one side of me that's just like well you just put your attack options off you moron but like yeah. <laughs> at the same time i i get it um if, if jagex feel like it's enough of a problem which they obviously do. Um, they, they've taken the statistics into account and they've said, okay, skull tricking is a problem. We're going to remove it. That, that's fine. Uh, it doesn't affect me. I don't think it will affect that many people either. Like, it, it's genuinely not a problem. But if they feel like it's unethical to skull trick, in the same way that, like, luring uh, was made bannable, I believe, in, like, 2011 or something like that, uh, it's just Jagex taking a stance against something that they consider unethical is the way I view it. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily have anything against it, but I also don't think that them removing skull tricking is going to get all these people that previously PVM'd in the wilderness and got skull tricked uh, are all of a sudden going to start like getting an interest in PKing because they're fighting people back now without the fear of getting skull tricked. I, I don't really think that's going to happen. And If it does happen, it'll be like, a very, very minor increase to PvP. So, my thoughts on it. As an Iron Man, I have always been a fan of this suggestion since I first saw it on Reddit. At first, I thought, this guy is a dumbass for even requesting this. making the whole game easy skate. But then the more I thought about it, having an option that is, you cannot skull, basically. It encourages fighting back. And it actually, you know, you're saying a small percentage of people would ever actually fight back. Honestly... So me being an Iron Man, me going down the wilderness and killing the bosses how they are now, which I know there's going to be reworked and stuff, but like going out with a crossbow or going out with a mace, I have one of those. It took me three fucking months to get them. There is no way in hell I'm going to be skulling with this like or, or, or even attacking it. I, there's, I do not want to skull, so I will just turn my attack options off and just run because it is not worth it to go back for three months in case I accidentally mess up, you know, or click something I wasn't supposed to click, click somebody, you know. And yeah, I mean, I, I understand that as well, which is kind of why uh, I brought up like the fact that if ja if Jagex think it, thinks it's like an unethical thing to do, then that's their decision. I don't really feel like I, I don't even think it's really tricking is healthy. I don't think yeah. removing it is going to make a big difference. It's just, 
it, it's it's a bit of like oh yeah whatever like i don't actually uh, think it i don't even think uh, it really comes down to ethics i think it really comes down to i can now and i feel like other people not, again not everyone's thinking this way but me personally having done lms feeling you know i can hold my own if i if i'm ready to fight somebody else i can hold my own mm-hmm. but me being an iron man and the a ton of the community is now an Iron Man. I can't say the majority or anything, but there is a definitely a huge influx of Iron Man recently. And because they've made it so now when you kill a main as an Iron Man, they can't reclaim their shit. It'll probably make you feel pretty good if there's somebody ragging you and then you kill them. And me being able to go out in the wilderness, kill some kill something, and then get attacked and have claws as well as some other switches, some venge and stuff, and get ready to fight and guarantee I don't skull because I wasn't the one that initiated the fight is beautiful. I actually want to go out and fight people now. Like, I I want to be attacked almost. Like, that sounds exciting. Like, okay, you initiated on me. I'm going to go ham on you, you know, for fun because now I have zero risk and I feel like that's beautiful. And I know it's it's kind of getting rid of that, like, whole risk where it's like, oh, I could get skull tricked. Like, you know, I guess people yeah, could argue it, it that. Takes, it, it takes away a big part of the world, like, I guess that element of, like, the wilderness being a scary place. Exactly. It, it does get rid of that, but I feel like I'm glad they're taking this risk. And, again, I I like how you worded on your stream saying, like, if Jagex puts all these things in, they really should be willing to revert it if it goes south. I agree. Yeah. that That's the main concern I have. And Jagex doesn't have the best track record either <laughs> of removing items. Uh, not removing items, sorry. Like, revoking updates that were bad for the game. Uh, I think if this goes out, I've spoken to a user as well. Um, and like, <laughs> from what I gathered from him was, obviously, if they can tell by statistics that this is out of bad, like change on the wilderness, then they will revert it. But the question is, is it going to be too late when they do it? And I think that's where the concern is. Yeah, I can see that. But uh, also, the counter-argument to, like, the whole skull-tricking thing is also... I think there's going to be significantly less people that attack um, PVMers now. Since one of the... If you're ever PKing with your friend, if I see someone tallying up to, like, KVD, for example, and, like, a Twisted Bow or, like, a... I don't know, just, like, armadillo pieces, anything of value. Yep. Obviously, I'll give it a go. I'll see if I can skull-trick him. And then if, if they don't get skull-tricked by, like, the most simple skull-trick, I'll leave them alone. But I think nowadays, a lot of people that have had that attitude before are just no longer going to bother with attacking PVMers. Which, for PVMers, is a win, but um, for PKers, I think it could potentially be like a bit of a bad update. But And I, I can I see know. it from the I can see it from the PKers' perspective. This is a nerf to them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I can also see it like, it's always been very lopsided. Being a PVMer in the wilderness, everything, the odds, everything is against you. You're not geared to PK. PKers don't have random expensive PVM items in their in their inventory that they could potentially lose. They are fully geared and know what their risk is, and have a perfectly set up inventory with brews and everything. The PVMer is getting like they they have no chance to even fight back hardly because you know it's a very lopsided fight. And I think this could actually bring some balance back. That's my humble opinion. Who knows? We'll see. But um. It does yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you either. I think um, regardless of what if they did it or not, I think it's not going to have a big change on the wilderness, and it's not something that That's I fair. think PKs even need to care about, honestly. That's fair. I think it's I, I think it's just a good change. Me as an Iron Man, not as a PvPer. 
So. Yeah. Okay, this is kind of a good one. So it's a two-part. The first one's a meme, but a cold one is asking, what is your favorite fruit and why is it papaya? <laughs> Wait, is that a... I don't know if that's a reference. I- I'm pretty sure that's a reference to a mistake I made on DMM where <laughs> what happened? Uh, it required papyrus, which, which was a word <laughs> that I have never heard in my life. I have never heard the word papyrus. <laughs> so a lot of people think I'm English when I'm not. So I- I'm Swedish and like English is my second language. Yeah. So I had no idea what that was. And like, I guess I didn't clock it in my brain but like i used for oh papaya so uh, i can't remember what quest it is is the one where you fly the balloon uh but i went and brought papayas and i got memed to shit because of that oh my god that is awesome okay yeah but apparently papyrus is a piece of paper yeah i don't know that I always think papyrus is a font because that was always like the font um at least in so i, I took some graphic design classes and, like, mm-hmm. they were always, like, Papyrus and Comic Sans is always off limits. Those are, like, the most newbie forms of font, basically. <laughs> and so I always I always kind of relate Papyrus to that. Okay, his, his second question is, uh, out of all the changes suggested in the recent blog, which change do you think is the overall most beneficial to the PvP scene and why? Overall most, most beneficial... Um, God. See, I think this is where people kind of expect you to say, like, a, a single plus, but I think single plus is a massive gamble. Uh, the sole update that I think is just good overall is probably the Revenant boss. I think the Revenant boss lacks um, actual rewards right now, but the Revenant boss itself, as long as they actually add some incentive to kill it, could be a game changer for the Revenant cave. Mangt had suggested that it drops Laren's keys. And then he also said some other buff thing. I don't... Yeah, I, I still think Laren's keys is not necessarily enough, but having a guaranteed Laren's key drop uh, could... I mean, yeah, it, it definitely adds some form of its incentive, but like the way I've currently like the way it currently is i think it drops like what three revenant dragon loots or rolls which is really awful considering i mean depending how hard yeah if the boss is gonna be like 100 hp then sure i get it but like if it's actually gonna be like tough to kill and it's like something that's announced so everyone goes and piles onto it like no that's not good at all (laughs) that's like the worst thing I could ever think of. So I can't remember exactly. Was the boss in a certain location at all times? Because I remember there's like superiors, I believe, which are in, or I, I honestly can't even remember. Is it is the boss in a certain multi area in the cave? Is that what they're suggesting, or was it just they spawn anywhere? Because it's still singles plus so, in the cave, right? Yeah, it's still single plus as far as I'm aware, and uh, any so like multiple people can attack the the revenant boss, but. Uh, you can't like pile on to a player. It can only be okay. So it's so that boss exclusively can be multi. Like that, it's as if that boss is in multi, but we're all still in singles plus. Is that how it goes? Yeah, I believe that's how it is, if I remember correctly. And they could spawn throughout the cave. It's just it's like a it's like an RNG after a rev has been killed that it'll just spawn. Yeah, I believe. Uh, 
I don't know if it's necessarily every rev. I think it's only the higher tier ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what so they like suggested. the Nye, the Dragon. Um, Orc and... Maybe the Dark Beast and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Dark Beast, yeah. But it's only that. It, it's essentially a like superior Slayer monster is the way I view it. Okay. What... Okay, so here is a uh, idea. So a lot of Iron Men are pissed off that Wilderness Weapons take forever to get so currently they take about 250 hours efficiently to get a specific weapon that is Mm -hmm. about 85 hours to get a weapon and then if you're on scold it just ups it so it's like 450 hours which so you should just always be scold which is fine that's that's cool and i'm glad that they're introducing the new avarice update to make it so like the avarice is actually best in slot Um, yeah i think that's a good update as well uh, yep i agree so they instead in the poll, instead of them making it so the weapons are buffed, they just buff the loot by 50%. And so I've heard a few irons that are just complaining. It's like, this is literally just incentivizing. Like, they're fine with it, I guess. But it's like, I don't know. I guess in Jagex's eyes, it's a good thing because people will just, are if they want to get a wilderness weapon, they just have to stay out for the most. They have to, you know, still be out there for those same amount of hours, but getting up yeah see the problem with that is there's already so many in the game um i understand that for irons it is definitely annoying but the way it currently is it's like there's so many in the economy that i think buffing the drop rate would just devalue them even more yeah no that that's a good point looking at from an economy perspective i agree yeah, I, I think I, I definitely understand that Iron Man can be annoyed by the fact that they take so long to get, but with the way the economy uh, is currently, I don't see the point of like nerfing the drop rate because it, it, it would just devalue them to the point where they become like less than five mil. Yeah. And I think Crossbow currently, I, I, the lowest I saw Crossbow was I think six mil, which, which is very close. Right now it's 17 mil. Uh, it shot back up after the proposed worldy changes. I just, I don't know. I, I don't see. Um, maybe they could make it like easier for Iron Man, but then it's just catering to. Nah, Iron Man, yeah, no, I, yeah, I just that's not gonna happen. I guess how I saw it was, uh, I don't know. Instead of going for because a lot of people on Twitter, again, my own echo chamber that I follow is a lot of people are. Yeah, a lot of people are just wanting revs to not be so fucking rare to get things, because a lot of things are extremely rare, like almost unwarranted. Especially when you're looking at from us, if you played this game as a single player mode, and you wanted to complete the wilderness, you would go for the, like the wilderness pads. But before that, you'd want to get the weapons. But the fact that getting a weapon takes longer than all those boss grinds themselves is just silly, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I d- I definitely understand that. At the same time, though, yeah, it, it is kind. Of, it is kind of like too far gone to do something like that. Yep. So, um, and to be I, fair, I don't think Jagex can do that. Yeah, and this is not my own agenda. I already got all the weapons. I spent my I spent my fair share there in the wilderness and got all. So this is not my. Uh, I guess I've just heard a lot of arguments about it. But the cool mm-hmm. thing is, I guess, for those Ironmen that do have to still spend that many hours, you're going to be getting 50% more loot. And the amount of ether you get, like, if you were to get a weapon in, let's say, 30 hours, like, you're you're going to have to go back for ether, probably, for the most part, anyway. So, the fact that wildy weapons do take that long is 
kind of fine in my opinion because you're always going to have to go back to farm ether yeah i mean uh, yeah i agree with that in, in a sense you you always will have to come back eventually especially if you go dry on let's say whatever boss uh, you were planning on doing in a wilderness anyway yeah you're gonna have to go back and get the ether uh so i mean if you get one weapon you maybe run out of ether you have to go far more you'll have a chance of getting the the other weapon that you want so exactly they did say that the rev caves would turn like there would there would be a section of multi correct and a section of singles was that how it was proposed i think they wanted um... to kind of bring back some sort of multi revs and that would i need to review it again but I, i'm pretty sure i'm not too sure on that one i don't record that okay maybe i'm just delusional but i thought i heard something about that where like they kind of want to introduce some sort of multi-rev just to kind of keep oh it must not have been in the blog it must have been what i saw on a, a suggestion on on twitter like bring back part of it as multi or something like that because people really yeah, love mean, the multi aspect yeah the, the multi community is crying out for attention as well because i mean the, the way it currently is is like unless there is a setup fight between two teams there's not really any incentive to go anywhere um yeah. the way it used to be was like lava drags was the hot spot but lava drags are completely dead now um so yeah I, I don't know i think revenant cave multi was probably the most active wilderness has ever been at least in like the multi aspect of it and it brought some attention to single two since i mean if there's people going in there it, there's still a part of it that's multi i mean that's single because you have to get there and most people would revenant tally up which is still single and you could there's like a food chain that's just created off of killing people before they get into multi and stuff like that so yeah okay uh let's see so here's a question by uh woobliest uh he says do you think this update is going to ruin it for small groups of friends casually pking that's probably the most fun way to play this game. I'd say for normies, uh, like people that aren't very experienced, yes, it will. Um, I can't imagine people being able, like, kind of like reg your average PKer going into the wilderness and knowing how to like properly tag each other off in single plus and getting a DD, making sure you have the last hit. Uh, that that's going to be very tough for them to learn. And, and most people won't be able to do it. And I think that's kind of what single plus is really killing here is the actual like friend aspect of the game. It's kind of turning the wilderness into like a solo, almost like an Iron Man experience yeah which uh yeah I, I we're just not sure how it's gonna play out basically We've yeah exactly it. i think it's a massive gamble uh but ultimately to answer his question i think yeah it will it will definitely will kill off like people pking together in groups now at least i feel i mean they are keeping multi the the same multi spots multi and so when i've been attacked yeah. by newbie pkers it's usually at lava dragons vedion other kind of multi areas so like that's still there at least but i think the main issue with people that also say like oh well you still have multi is like comparing multi and single is just it's so flawed in the aspect of like if i go multi i, I, I can't bring any expensive items with me because i can get maced for it 
Yeah. Um, I can't bring multiple. I, even if I bring like the best in slot gear, five people in Xerix with Dehyde will still kill me in <laughs> like 30 seconds, yeah. if even that. If they have the right amount of RNG, they'll kill me really fast. Yeah. Now that's fair. That's a fair point. And in single, you at least. I know a lot of people think that, like, oh, yeah, single teams just... If you get hit by one, you're guaranteed that. That's not really the case. I led a single team for, like, five years. I, I, I'd i say the actual success rate of every single person you hit for them to die, regardless if they're a noob or not, it, it, it's more, like, almost... I, I'd say less than, like, 40%. Okay. And it depends how deep you started. I remember watching Abyss. He was doing, like tank tests against him you'd start in like 55 wildy and just run down see if you could make it yeah i mean there's so many factors that come into play yeah. our runescape is an rng game at the end of the day um yeah but you so, do need very good coordination to be a single team the, what i appreciate about singles plus there's a lot of things but one of those is that i can't just have horrible rng and run into a singles team and die because as, as I know you're saying it's not a guaranteed success rate, but it is very high if you're not properly stocked with brews and stuff that you could die pretty easily. Um, just because yeah. you're get, getting constantly frozen and then spec, you're getting frozen by a guy in full ancestral, and then you're getting clawed out by a guy in bandos with claws and shit. And it's just like that scares me because even singles is really, really dangerous. And so I'm kind of glad that. I can be in singles and feel somewhat safe. Like, okay, like I'm not going to just randomly run into a team of 50 or 20. So or the counter argument to that uh, is that I think newbie players are going to suffer more from single plus than regular single um, because of the fact that majority of the people you're going to run into are not going to be a properly organized single team. Uh, even if they are, if even if you get hit by a group of people, it doesn't mean that they're actually going to be good. Yeah. Uh, and having groups of NPCs actually being able to help you, for the most part, is nearly always what loses you the kill as a team. That's true. And it's extremely easy to lose a kill to an NPC because NPCs on this game always have PID. <laughs> yep. So if you are next to an NPC and next to a player, and the NPC is always going to hit you first, and then it's just up to you to have your auto retail on. And if you have that on, you're always going to get the hit with it. That's a um, that's a good point for newbie which, players. Which yeah, single that's... plus you'll like the newbie players are still going to get teamed. Uh, they're still going to be able to have someone tag off them all day. The, the only thing that like a newbie player can prevent, uh, like do to prevent uh, being teamed upon, is getting last hit. If they get lost here over and over again, then yeah, they can't get teamed, but a newbie player isn't going to know that, and they're not going to know how to execute it properly. They're not going to be smart enough to like outplay a person that is a good PK or PK with another good PK. Yeah. So I think single plus almost makes a good PK unkillable and the newbie player's easy, easier kill. But the trade-off is that you can have fair 1v1s. So good PKers can have fair 1v1s with good PKers and potentially kill each other. But for the most part, I think uh, newbie PKers are going to struggle heavy with this. But I guess, in a sense, newbie PKers can find another newbie PKer and uh, have a fair 1v1. So What I, I saw... I, it's, it's a gamble. Yeah. What I saw in... Uh... 
<clears throat> wilderness and some arguments. I, I remember reading a bunch of threads on it. And uh, one of the things was now in singles plus whenever it comes out, basically because it is very, very hard to die in singles plus, you can actually risk quite a bit. Is that there's going to be people in full ancestral Ellie everything else, and they are going to abuse everybody else. And yeah, in my true. mind, I'm thinking that's actually fucking beautiful because now it's encouraging. If you're a good enough PK, or you're risking a fuck ton because you're so confident that you that you won't die, but at least that risk is there now. So this is encouraging, not camping <laughs> mystics all the time and other shit. Like I, I feel like. Even though, yeah, it's unfair for those that are just poor and can't afford max gear, it's at least encouraging bringing out way better gear so that you can just always win. I, I think it's cool. I, I don't know. I, I understand the argument. Yeah, but the count. I, I feel like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I also very much feel like that's going to bring up the argument again of the skill gap just being too big. Yeah, yeah. And the good PK, if a good PK or is just going out there farming 20 noobs, I mean, eventually one of those 20 noobs is just going to be like, what's the point of this? Like, like I'm just being killed by people that literally cannot die. They're, they're too good and they have too, like, good gear. Yeah. But at so, least, at least because, R or because RuneScape is RNG, you always have that chance. Like, if you truly wanted to... You could just bring, you know, claws and a, or like an AGS and a Gmall and just hopefully one of these days that RNG will just go your way when he's in full ancestral and just get a the danger. The danger I see with that, though, is that a person that is that good, if there is enough of those people just roaming around and everything yeah. and killing the noobs, it's it's going to kill off more players than or, or like it, it's it's gonna make people stop returning into the wilderness and eventually yeah. just get it on a decline again. Yeah, I can see that, but I can also see that um, being in singles plus, if you do know what you're doing and you get good, you can escape. You, you can still escape. Yeah. yeah. If you look at the rev cave currently, um, like I can't remember fully, but I don't think I've died in a rev cave yet. I've I've had some very clutch escapes, yeah. but no, I was uh, same. I have not died yet since it became singles plus. And yeah, I've I been, I've been chanced is, a few times. but Yeah, I think the Rev Cave in general is just a very easy place to escape. Um, which is also, I don't know, it, it's kind of killed off my interest. Because like it, it's, it's so hard to die. And even for a player, like I'd consider myself in the top like 0.1% of PKers in the game currently. Yeah, I agree. And I still struggle so hard to kill people in that rev cave and it's like it's it's almost aggravating because it's like your skill doesn't even matter all they need is one lucky freeze and you're gone yeah you don't have that kill yeah anymore. that's true so what what would you say if if it is in singles plus they increased the uh, i guess they've shoved uh, just this is not going to happen but theoretically if they put the cave into 50 level 50 wilderness but it's singles plus so they can't actually just walk under you. Well, I mean, I guess they can walk under and log out. I forgot about that. I, I'm just yeah. I mean, the, the, the main problem with the rev cave, especially, is the amount of corners, the amount of so like the yeah. way that agility obstacles work in single plus is absolutely broken. It does not fit into it whatsoever. The same way with going in and out of the cave repeatedly, it, it doesn't work. It shouldn't be there. And they're like, fixing it, that it, though, right? It's too overpowered. Uh, they're fixing the middle one, but they're not doing anything to the top and the bottom one, which I find very bizarre. 
But uh, yeah, like, like I said, like for example, the agility obstacles in the rev cave. If you are two tiles behind, like ahead of me, and I'm focusing you, if you then jump that obstacle and I splash once, you're gone. I am then gapped and can't get to you anymore, and you can get like a log, which is it, it's too easy. Yeah, to get a two tile gap on your opponent is it's almost always going to happen. And the way that obstacles work as well is that even if I freeze you on the other side, you can just keep jumping until eventually I'm like Ma- you're on one frozen on the or other something. side of me. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And this is, I mean. Yeah, I, I like kind of how you bring it back to the point of, like, newbie people. Because there's just some people that just don't know about that. So when you're attacking a newbie person, like, you'll most likely... You, you actually have a way higher chance of getting a kill. But, yeah, if you're fighting against an experienced person that also knows everything you know, uh, I agree. It can. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Rev Caves currently... Uh, it was a very... It was very fun for, like, the first... I'd say two months of the update, but now it's kind of come to a standstill where I don't even enjoy it anymore because too many people escape me when I personally feel like my skill just doesn't even matter. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Yeah, because the game's just up to way too much RNG for me to even be remotely in control of how they're going to escape. Like, let's say I full TB someone. For me to have five minutes of them not getting one freeze back on me where they can just run around a corner is... You need to have so much luck. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I... I like it personally because I feel like I can, you know, have fair fights and not die. As because when you beforehand, when it's the whole thing's in multi, you're just like, I, you just expect to die. You're like, I'm gonna die, no matter what. If I, if a team logs in, I'm dead. Like I just have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Very hard to escape in multi. So, what if? Uh, I don't know if this would ever work out. This is just one of my, I guess, ideas, but. What if they came out with, instead of multi, it's duo. So, there was... <laughs> that, that would be interesting. So, I'm but, just thinking multi, but it's it can only be two people attacking you at once. 
Uh, uh, see, see, the thing is, I don't know how this would ever be implemented mechanically. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's a cool idea, but just like envisioning how Jagex would do it, yeah. I, I, I just feel like it would be so broken. See, what, what I think would be really cool, who knows how this would work, but imagine this. There's a new Rev Cave. Like, Revs are now Duo Plus. And so, what it, <laughs> what it comes down to, I know, I know, and I'm not going to go into the intricacies of it, because who decides who are the two people attacking you? Like, you know, like, yeah, exactly. So those, those are the intri- intricacies about it. But I just imagine you go out with your friend. So you have two PVMers, you know, that you, so you're, you're kind of like sort of tag team and you have like your buddy and then a buddy of the PKer will come out and then you guys just have like a 2v2 sort of, but you can't ever just, you know, log out during it because there's always like another person, you know, unless you both caught the freeze at the exact same time and you walked under each other, like, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting concept. Yeah, who knows I, how it would actually work out, though. Yeah, it, it would be <laughs> complete chaos, I feel like. Because you could have, like, I don't know, it, it could just be like, oh, I'm going to go PVM with my buddy. Oh, wait, I see a PK. All right. <laughs> like, you have your buddy box you while there's just one yeah, PK on you. That's true. It, it wouldn't really work out. But I just think, in theory, that would be kind of fun. Because then it would prevent all that, and you'd have friends. Like, you'd have your, your buddy with you as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be an interesting concept. It's just, I don't know, actually seeing it come yeah. into the game. Yeah, that couldn't, uh... <laughs> that couldn't really work out that well. Unless, uh, yeah, no, it wouldn't really work out. <laughs> I just keep thinking of it because then it contradicts the other. Yeah, interesting. I'm just trying to think of anything else that could prevent that. What if... So, is singles plus is the timer it takes to, like, log out. Do you think if they made it so it's, like, a couple ticks shorter of a PJ timer, would that fix it, or is that not good enough? Like, do you think, uh, do you think the fact... A couple ticks shorter? I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, if you caught the freeze, walked under, you being able to... I guess the fact that you are frozen... Well, like, even if you don't get last hit, you can log, or are you saying, like, the Uh... opposite? Let me try to think. I, I'm trying, I don't know. I'm just. I'm trying to think of a way where you can't just log out. My original proposal that I thought would be the best, if Jagex truly wanted like players to have a one v one area where only and only one v one was possible, unless you were really stupid uh, and just didn't click the log out button when you could, um, was would be to like change the rev cave so it has its current pj timer but you up it by like two seconds that way even if you freeze and hug someone and they get a last hit on you you can still get a log without anyone pj and you that would be the ultimate 1v1 experience because you couldn't get teamed unless you actually like just didn't log out when you could Mm. and keeping the way the wilderness is uh, in its current format to see to kind of like draw stats of what players prefer because if, if i feel like if players only wanted 1v1 fights where it's fair then obviously that place would flourish and if you notice that the wilderness wasn't getting any activity then it would be easy to kind of draw a conclusion from there currently uh-huh. rev caves it is very flawed in the sense that like Single plus is like a false illusion of a fair 1v1. It's not actually a fair 1v1. If you go to the rev caves right now, 
I can guarantee you that at least half, and I'm being generous, have a team. Or at least one buddy that yeah. they're going to either TB you and then switch off or just tag team you. Yeah. I've seen that recently. It happens nearly every single time I run into someone at the Rev Cave. And one of the main things I always lose kills to when I'm peeking in the Rev Cave is even if I'm outplaying my opponent, they just go outside and then they have a like they can either have their mate hit me and the opponent get a log or they can just box each other. Yeah. And immediately my kill is lost and everything I did is just rendered useless. And the worst thing to that is that even if I'm like winning my fight versus someone and they go outside, I can then get TV'd by anyone. Yeah. And then that's... they have a focus on me and it's been switched. That's true. That's fucked up. I haven't died to that yet because like, Obviously, I, I, I don't really overstay all that much. Like, I'm very aware of my supplies. So I don't take that many risks. But there, there has been a lot of close calls like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so tough to, like, just get it down. I hope this uh, update that they're going to just bring out kind of teaches us a lot of what could work and what couldn't work. Yeah, I know it sounds like I'm very against single plus now. Uh, I'm not completely against the idea. I just think Jagex are taking a massive gamble on something. And the main thing I'm worried about is that if it fails, they need, and I cannot fucking say it enough, they need to be able to just revert it. And if they don't do that, then I think it's it's going to go, like the, the wilderness and PvP is just going to continue to go on a decline. Yeah. They need to make sure that they're not too late before they revert it if it goes wrong. But if it does bring a lot of activity, then that's good. I don't mind. Ultimately, it benefits my style of play. Yeah. I don't team PK anymore. I haven't done it for a year. So, I mean, it's just beneficial for me. Yeah. No, I, I'm excited to see what happens. And it's just, you know, hopefully Jagex, I, I feel like they're getting more competent over time at least that's what i like to think so i hope that i mean i i don't know about in regards to pvp i'm not really focused on that but at least with designing content like bosses and stuff they've definitely started to understand what is fun and what isn't yeah and what is good for the game so i think with pvp they're still very much confused but at least they have like they have unlimited resources of people that they can ask for opinions. Yes. However, one of the main problem is, uh, problems are that PvPers just don't agree with each other. Yeah. Yep. We don't agree with each other on a lot. And uh, that's the, the core issue of PvP is that, um, for example, if you take like the tweet that I think Ian put out, I'm sure you've seen it, of like the content creators like talking to the JMods, that got so much hate because... Because it's um, certain PK, like it's not everyone has the same opinion, right? Yeah, exactly. And a lot, of, a lot of the argument that I saw getting brought up a lot was these people don't even go into the wilderness that much. Why are you listening to them? Yeah. And although uh, Ian did say later on that, like they didn't actually like ask us for changes, but rather just to like tell us early about the updates. Which I'm, I'm not even sure why they did that. Like, what's the point of that, really? <laughs> yeah it's like oh yeah we're gonna tell you but like you you can't change anything that's gonna happen and it's like okay cool what's the point then you just make us wait like everyone else now you just <laughs> made this massive like 
fuel like this massive flame that you just kept getting fuel added onto it <laughs> and uh i don't know I, I just didn't think it was very like a wise decision i guess but yeah but yeah who who knows uh i'm i'm also glad that jagex isn't polling this i mean not like they can poll anything without it just getting 50 percent. i feel like anything pvp related is just gonna get 50 percent, 50 percent. like yeah, but that's a problem that needs to be addressed as well. I don't think the polling system works in the current day of age. I think the polling system probably should have been removed like three years into the game. Um, but one of the massive, like the bigger problems that us as PVPers need to solve is kind of need to like, I don't know, get more of like an even page with the PVMers and skillers of this game. And I think the only way to solve that is not by forcing them into the wilderness but rather agreeing that wilderness updates should only benefit pvp and nothing else yeah and i think that way it's hard for a pvmer or skiller unless they your spite vote to actually say no because like if it's only something that's relevant in pvp why should they say no yeah the what they would have to do though before that can happen is get rid of uniques in the wilderness be i mean if in a in a perfect situation because there already is incentive to go into the wilderness so yeah which can be done by the way but obviously jagex don't have the biggest track record of like going back on stuff yeah so. i agree okay perfect salad is asking do you think limiting a specific wilderness activity to a set of worlds would increase wilderness activity as a whole making world exclusive hotspots a thing Obviously, post singles plus haven't put much thought into this idea. I've heard before, and then I think I agree with like Mangt and Ian uh, on like limiting the world thing, which is it's just a band aid fix. Like, sure, it's it'll make the wilderness seem more active, but ultimately the problem is that PvP isn't active enough to actually supply the amount of worlds we have. Yeah, when realistically it should be um and i think the main the better thing to focus on should be that every world should have enough people in the wilderness in them because like there should be enough incentive to go there yeah uh i just i don't know i I think yeah it could be a temporary fix for sure but long term i don't really see the point of it i agree and i'm also scared if it's they limit it to too few worlds then there's just gonna be lockdowns yeah exactly <laughs> and then we're gonna have all the same recycled problems that we've had before yeah so interesting what what do you think about um having like multiple rev caves this is not something i'm advocating for i just want to hear your your thoughts on it not so i mean right now they've already done a pretty good job because it's a giant cave and there's revs everywhere and they're even adding mm-hmm. more revs there's adding like two more rev spots to like every current spot or something or one more. uh what so you mean like multiple but like smaller rev caves yeah i guess just kind of spread throughout the wilderness um i don't think it's that big of an issue but i just want to kind of cross it by you and just see what you think about that i mean the main the, the main thing i'd have to ask is like what's the point of it yeah uh, and that's what, what would be what would be the benefit of yeah. multiple rev caves? it's already singles plus so it's kind of irrelevant but i remember before just kind of spacing things out more but uh yeah, yeah there, there isn't I, I really a point so. anymore 
Yeah, I think that's that one's like a tough one to answer because like I don't see the point and I don't see what negatives could come with it, but I don't really see the positives either. I saw a picture of a map that is expanding the wilderness north. The wilderness zoo map, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? That was a project that I was initially on as well. Um I don't think that could work anymore. I mean, the updates that were proposed... So, I think this was a project originally begun in 2018. Uh, A lot of the stuff that was in... Like, the stuff that we worked on kind of exists in the game now in another form. So, one of them was to bring back a Karasi, but in the form of a Dragon Fireblade. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, if you look at the Wilderness 2 map, uh, I believe there's something that was called the Dragon's Lair or something like that. Uh, That was going to be where QBD, or like the Queen Black Dragon would be, that would drop this blade. And then there would also be a Revenant boss, which is already what we're getting. Um, So, I I don't know. I I think that, that project was definitely... It was good. We spent a lot of time on it. I remember... I spent hours looking up the RuneScape lore and like learning about uh, like Zamrak and Saradoman's yeah. history and like what rune what the RuneScape lore has done with the gods to so like a way that we could integrate it so it fits into the story of yeah. RuneScape without that's awesome uh, just completely being like I don't know I, I guess like I don't know what the proper word is but I I guess just cutting off from like the original story yeah. We we wanted it so all of it would be relevant to the current storyline that old school has because obviously RS3 is on a whole different path than what old school is. Old school still has like the original 2007 quests and we've moved on like slightly from that but not too much. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool that you implement lore. For, for some reason, I'm nerdy enough to care about lore, but at the same time, I hate, like, dialogue and, like, going through quests and shit. As much as I kind of... Yeah, that, that's what I think RS3, having voice acting, makes it more enjoyable. That's pretty cool. So I think voice acting makes a huge difference on, like, actually caring about the lore. Yeah. I love it when uh, there's, like, movie franchises and stuff. Like, just, like things where like the lore makes a lot of sense and it's like a dark lore i love dark lore i don't like this kind of like fantasy everything's kind of like happy i, I kind of like the mm-hmm. the dark parts of it and that's what i, yeah, I also runescape 3 does a great job at that by the way they have really interesting quests their trailers um i don't know if you've ever seen uh, i believe there is a youtube video uh that the RuneScape channel released a couple years ago, just explaining like where Saradome and Guffix and like Samurak actually came from and why Gillenor became like a thing. That that that's a really interesting video. That's I interesting. Think. Yeah, that's that would be something I'd be interested in. That's cool. I I have completely blocked myself off from even attempting to play RS3, but that is interesting that they have cool lore and voice acting, especially is pretty big. Yeah, and that was like a thing we cared about with that project was making sure that everything we did was still relevant to like the lore that and the path that old school RuneScape is going, yeah. so that we're not cutting ahead because um, RuneScape has different ages, right? There's like the third age, the fourth age, the fifth age, the sixth age, and whatnot. So we, we had to make sure that we were actually maintaining the right like timeline when we were doing this. That's awesome. Okay. 
Luca asks, how many Kit Kat bars and Red Bulls do you think you could have in one sitting? Hmm. I think the most unhealthy day I ever had in terms of energy drinks was I drank four liters of energy. Drink. Jesus Christ, that, that was, dude. Yeah, that was eight monsters in one day. And after that, I think after my eighth one, I could literally feel my heart like <laughs> beating out at it. Like, not acceptable, right? And I was just like, yeah, okay, I need that. (laughs) Need to get a glass of water or something, and then you just go to bed and not do that again. Uh, But currently, I'm I'm, I'm trying to cut off energy drinks into my life entirely and just go to coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying um, to move on to coffee. I feel like it's a very unhealthy habit. I I think uh, three is the max amount of energy drinks, like 16-ounce energy drinks I've ever had. And that is – I can already feel my heart. Like, I can, like, feel it pulsating, just like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it's like a tolerance thing you build up, though. Like, the more you drink, the less of an effect they have. So yeah. You drink more and more. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Jesus, Overall, though. Not That's... a good addiction. The Kit Kat bars? I have no idea. I've tossed all my Kit Kats out. I used to have 21 boxes of 24 Kit Kats uh, <laughs> that I bought for... I don't even know how much it was. It, it, it was, like, what, a pound per box? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Which is, like... Unreal, like yeah, it's like cheap. the regular, tw- like a full, uh, what is it, 24 Kit Kats in one box, and it's like the full size ones. Damn, uh, you can't, yeah, pass that I don't up. know, they were just on sale, so I bought a shit ton of them. I ended up getting down to seven, and then I tossed them out. That's dangerous, yeah, that's that's dangerous to have that many. I'm a sugar addict, yeah, I don't know, at the end, I didn't even like them. Uh, but... <laughs> I gave a shit. I gave a lot away. I really didn't eat that many. Okay, that's good. I think... Yeah, no, yeah. Oh god, that sounds like. <laughs> I love my sugar and shit, but Jesus, like having like full boxes of candy bars is a literal like that is dangerous for me. I can't, because I, I would eat them. That's the thing, and I'd feel yeah, sick. exactly. I'd feel just miserable. He's like, oh, I'll have a snack and have a Kit Kat. Okay, listen. So I had a friend when uh, I was growing up. He was pretty uh, – his family was pretty rich. And so we'd go over there and he he had like his own movie theater in his house and stuff. That's like a movie theater. <laughs> well, I guess not a movie theater. But it was like a four-story like – or not story, but like four steps down with like – massage yeah, bro, I hope you're still his friend. That sounds sick. He unfortunately actually passed away due to cancer. So oh, which is really, so really sad. It was tragic. It happened years ago, but um yeah, no, he was he was awesome and he uh yeah anyway <laughs> that was besides the point, but uh <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. But he he did pass away. It was very, very sad. But yeah. at his house he had a bunch of mini fridges by the movie theater and a bunch uh-huh. of piles and i mean like these cartons of candy and it was all the best chocolate bars you know kit kats reese's mm-hmm. butterfingers like everything and we would have sleepovers there and i could not control myself and so <laughs> no, no no like i like physically I, I just couldn't control myself i would literally go there and say okay you know what i'm not gonna eat any candy or i'll just have two and i'll be good and i'll have like three sodas max because he just had unlimited mini fridges full of like the best sodas and I I just realized uh, after a few sleepovers there, I actually have an addiction and I cannot control myself. Because when it's sitting in front of you and you're playing Call of Duty on this huge screen in the theater room, like you have to keep eating them. You just can't stop. 
and so that, that kind of sounds really yeah, dangerous. Yeah, it's like a pastime. You just sat there eating them. You just have to. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. So like, my dad used to be a truck driver. Yeah. And um, so we go to this store that sells everything in bulk. Uh, I'm not sure what the actual word for that is, but like, it just sells everything in bulk. So like, I'll buy like 48 cans of like Pepsi, for example. Yeah. In one go. And um, I noticed when I moved out, it was like, now that I can just buy whatever I want and like, I get to choose what I put in my fridge. I, I just bought, like, I would buy like 24 energy drinks and I'd go from like, you know, when you're at like your parents, or whatever, you'll drink like one a day. I would just drink like five a day and it would just be like a regular day. It's just like, yeah, I'll have another one. Why not? <laughs> why, why would I have a glass of water? I have this many in the fridge. <laughs> I've always been a huge fan of water, so I, 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 I'm always hydrating, but I do start to kind of get that addiction if I, like, start getting into energy drinks, then all of a sudden it's one a day, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I can drink two a day. I can drink one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then it, I try not to ever get it to the point where it's three a day. If it ever hits three a day, I just then I have to, like, completely go off of it completely. But Yeah, I have, like, a friend who's a personal trainer. His name's Lofi, uh, who, like... I don't know. I, I guess it like kind of just changed my uh, lifestyle a little bit. Nowadays, I start my morning by like downing a liter of water, so I'm hydrated, and That's then I good. do the same with like during uh, before I go to bed. I always drink like a massive bottle of water as well. That's good because like waking up with dry mouth and shit, it's just not a pleasant experience. That's horrible. That's yeah, eating really late at night as well. Just like uh, if I eat something super salty at night, oh my god, the whole night I'm just yeah so fucking thirsty and just dry mouth and my throat gets dry yeah i i do try to get um you know i'm not the most healthy person but i hydrate a lot and i also at least try to take some walks and stuff like that and do a little bit of calisthenics here and there just mm-hmm. keeping yeah, it, it somewhat can be hard to remember shit. that shit especially when you have like streaming and content creation as your job but you just sitting down non-stop oh it's so easy to not do anything just sit on your ass all day and then sleep yep it's so Definitely. fucking easy to do that and especially when um you actually are kind of competing in a way or like you're really addicted to a new piece of content that comes out and you're trying to milk it for all it's worth yeah like the last thing you want to do is just waste time like oh let me just go waste an hour going outside like what the fuck like and that could be like you, see the thing is with streaming as well like you're so obs- like you become so obsessed with like numbers that like everything is either a potential loss of viewers money yep I, I just the numbers just constantly in your face really takes away a lot of the enjoyment that you could potentially have if you were just doing it as like a hobby as opposed to a job yep i completely agree it's it really does get uh, I kind of want to actually kind of switch gears and kind of talk about streaming. Um, how long have you been streaming for? Um, I started, I'm not, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I started streaming private servers in 2013 on Hitbox, or like 2014. Uh, and I moved on to Twitch in, I think, early 2017 is when I began with Twitch. Uh, so I didn't really take, I don't know. I always had a good viewership on Twitch. Like, even right when I started, I think I still had, like, a 30-viewer average. And um, I think the point where I started to take it seriously was right after the Jagex 1v1, after that Bodhi host I was talking about. Uh, 
actually wait we didn't even have that on the podcast but yeah no you I, can talk I about ended it up, yeah. yeah i ended up beating bodie in a 1v1 tournament which was the european qualifiers uh, i didn't actually go on to win the entire tournament but i won the european qualifiers which didn't have a price unfortunately so i won nothing except i guess a bragging right and uh a lot of twitch followers yeah some exposure but Bodhi hosted me with 16k viewers and immediately my stream crashed but i managed to get it back up again and i sat at like a couple thousand viewers i believe it was like 4k throughout the rest of the stream and i went on to win the european qualifiers at least so i got a massive boost from that and then dmm rolled around and i started hanging out with elliot or skiddler as most people know him and he ended up like just streaming a lot of dmm and i was on his streams a decent amount seemed to like me some people didn't like me but i became friends with elliot and he gave me like shout outs and whatnot and just like hosted me started telling people to go to my stream and that that gave me a massive boost that i i got to a point where i was like maybe i should take this seriously and um ever since then it's just been like my actual job that's awesome so i also want to talk because i've never actually asked anybody that uh is in method how is being in method because now you're you got uh recruited to a i guess what is it considered a gaming organization or a streaming organization? Yeah, a, a gaming organization, I believe. So, can um, you tell just a little? I I don't know what your, uh, you know, non disclosure agreement is, but like, uh, what, what can you say? I, I guess about your journey with Method. Like, have you enjoyed it? I definitely enjoy being a Method. I have a very close relationship with my manager as well, uh, mildly entertaining. I I was friends with him before he became my manager. So overall, I think I've had a very good experience in Method. I think right now it's at a bit of a standstill with like what's going on. Um, But like Method definitely gave me a lot of opportunities I didn't have before. They put me on to, they offered me like a, a casting experience where I could cast one of the Method Mayhems. And I ended up enjoying it so much. And, like, I guess they thought I was good enough at casting. Um, So I took nearly every region, including the final, uh, and casted it. And, I don't know, I just got some experience into something that I've never done before. And initially, I I was scared to shit to actually, like, (laughs) sit there and cast. I remember at one point during the final, I think we had, like, 30,000 viewers or something oh, and I was like <laughs> I, at that point I was so used to it that I like I wasn't nervous at all that's awesome but just looking back at it like having 30,000 people actually sit there and like hear me and see me is like almost insane to just think about because like you, you can't really grasp how many people that actually is. yeah like I'd get nervous if I stood in front of 20 people reading a paper IRL, but when you're on stream, you can't really envision that those people, like, it's just like, it's such a surreal number to you that it's just, I don't know. And thinking, thinking back on it, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And what's even crazier is like, it's, you are doing it for method. So like they're, the stakes are higher, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're representing something else. So it's like, you have to like always be, 
yeah. kind of aware of what's happening. And so, yeah, I can imagine that's pretty damn stressful. Like with me, with a Sebe cast, I love doing this. It's just one one v one, basically. No, one v one. One just a one on one conversation and yeah. uh, <laughs> debating each other. No, but uh, like I got fucking nervous starting this shit because you know you you want to sound smart and you want to ask the right questions and stuff, but you're gonna fuck up a lot. Like I don't know if you ever were just. I'm very self critical with myself. Like oh yes, definitely. So, I can imagine being in front of 30,000 people. You you say one thing that's just like, oh, that was weird. Like, why did, why did I say that? Then the rest of it, I start liking self-conscious and stuff. Yeah, I think one thing that um, I guess, the, the only negative thing I had to say about the casting experience was, uh, I think looking at the chat sometimes, just, mm. I don't know. You say like something that the chat called on to, I guess, and you didn't really find, like, I don't know, like a joke yeah. falling flat or something like yep. that. Uh, people on the internet are very aggressive they're they're ruthless dude yeah like especially in like um when it's just a twitch chat they don't really like they don't care that i see it exactly when they type it and um i mean actually i'm not sure if it's that they don't care or if it's just like they're not aware of the implications that words can sometimes actually hurt people but yeah uh it's definitely rough, for sure it is. I remember at the start of every um, tournament that Method did I was casting, I was nervous to shit. But, like, after, like, 30 minutes or an hour or so, you really get into the flow of things, and um, ultimately, like, you get used to it over time. Yeah. I feel like looking at... I think at... the starting yeah. period is always going to be very nerve-wracking, though. 100%. And I feel like... The... I don't know. Like, what do you think about looking at chat during those? Do you feel like it's better to not look at it, or do you do you almost feel like it's essential to look at it? So I, sh- I shifted between not looking at it and looking at it. Um, I think looking at it is better overall because you can comment on things that people yeah, are. That's true. Like you, you can you can get like conversation topics and whatnot off of the chat. So looking at it is definitely better if you can handle it. But obviously sometimes just taking a break from it definitely doesn't hurt. Um, yeah. There was a couple of times where I used to X out of it and I was like, okay, I need like a little bit of a break from it. <laughs> Uh, and i'll look yeah. back later and i did and i think it worked out fine That's um good. i i am honestly very happy with the fact that method actually took me on to do that because I, out of all the streamers in method i'm the smallest one i was very surprised i got signed it, like anyway i think i had like 6k something followers when they first signed me um which was just like surreal because getting approached by an org of that size uh regardless of like the fact that i guess like uh i guess i had like potential to grow or whatever it it just seemed like like why would you hire me when you got like sick nerd or whatnot on yeah on there so uh i don't know i'm i'm very happy with method i think they bring a decent like i don't know they're just very like a good org for a streamer to be in and to give you opportunities and stuff yeah, I think the the only thing I wish that we were <clears throat> able to do more was like more, I guess, collaborations with all the method streamers where we do something together. But that's very hard to organize. I think it's it's also hard for like method to be like, yo, can you come on our channel and do something rather than you stream yourself? Yeah. Uh, it, it's quite a tough argument to run, I think. Yeah. 
I think it's I, I honestly um I got to give you credit. I think you're a very well-spoken guy. So you being the caster, I think, is a great decision by them. Cause yeah, know. the only problem I think I had was like obviously on my own stream, I still could say like a lot of swear words. Um, <laughs> yeah, that like that would be my issue if I ever did. Yeah, I, I, I like cursed a decent amount. So there was like a couple times where there was like, "Yo, you need to like stop like saying that much." I'll try to keep that in mind and tone it down a bit. But yeah, that's. Uh, it's I, th- tough. I think it worked out fine. I I almost have to have like a picture of my. Uh my family or something right next to me because if i ever so like i used to go home i used to go to school out of state and then go home and work and whenever mm-hmm. and when i was at school out of state i'd swear all the time and then as soon as i got home i never swore because my parents didn't like it and it, it's, it's almost as if like if i needed to not swear i just put a picture of my family or something to <laughs> be like all right like i'm in front of my family i can't swear you know yeah i, I mean i definitely did not have that growing up my oh, yeah. parents are just I mean, the they don't allow some stuff, obviously, but like yeah, the, yeah. the usual, like f word and like just saying fuck stuff like that. It's it's not that. Yeah. Oh, f- if I said fuck as a kid in at my home, I'd get fucking. I'd get in so much trouble. I get grounded for six weeks. Like <laughs> oh, it was bad. Jesus. Like swearing was bad when I grew. I don't up. know. I, I grew up with five brothers and two sisters, and I was like the youngest one. So I, I oh yeah, kinda... yeah, they probably eased off as well. I'm assuming maybe your maybe your parents were always okay with it. Like I I just grew up like yeah. I can't imagine they were at the very beginning, but I feel like me being the youngest, eventually yeah, just get like, away yeah, with we anything anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we don't care. Like we, we've had it too much already. Just do whatever do whatever you want um even stuff like like candy and like soda like you, you know how like parents are very strict with what, what their children eat my yep. parents always kind of had a mentality of like if you keep it there at all times it's not really that interesting uh and i think that worked out very well for our family obviously it's not like a guarantee that it's gonna work or anything but uh with my family it was like I don't know. We always had candy available. We always had like soda in the fridge. But when it's always there, it's just it's not that interesting. You're not gonna have yep. it all the time. We never. My mom would choose to do that, but she was too inconsistent with it. So she'd be like, "Oh, this seems really cool to have a jar of candy and out in the mm-hmm. living room." But no, she would do it too inconsistently to the point where it's like, whenever us as kids, because I have three siblings, whenever we'd see it, we would just eat it all, like in yeah. that that hour, basically. Yeah, and, and I think that's like if it had just been the case creates. all the time, there was always candy out there. We probably would have just gotten used to it. But yeah, just when you're too inconsistent, and then you stop doing it, and you start it up again, it's like no, nah, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It, it, I think it definitely can create a problem, but like it, it differs from person to person, right? You you never for really sure. know. I, for example, like my sister has kids, and she decides to like not have it there all the time. But yeah. then I also know that like the second she puts it like it's gives gone. them anything they start shoving it down like <laughs> it's gone in five minutes yeah that's how we grew up so we were um, all my siblings are very competitive with each other it's just in weird mm-hmm. ways and so my mom uh there's this truck that drives by in america certain parts of america it's called the schwann's man or the schwann's truck and they would come by and it would just sell frozen foods basically it's like an ice cream truck except it sold actual food huh very interesting now that i think back i'm like i haven't seen a schwann's truck years but like yeah that's a very interesting concept i've never heard of that before. yeah it's it's really interesting but she used to buy these uh things called bright start minis and they're like these little like basically ham egg and cheese 
uh, kind of, I don't know, like little like sandwiches. I don't know. Uh, what are they called? They're like little pizzas, basically, like little pizzas, mini pizzas. This, this sounds like a very American thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> but the thing is, is like our breakfasts were like cold cereal or eggs and toast, and so when you have these like greasy pizza-like things, mm-hmm. they're amazing for breakfast when you're a kid, and so. We would start – we were so competitive with it because my mom would only buy a few of them that for the next, like, two days, we'd wake up at, like, 3 a.m. before school just so we could eat one, you know, and then eat another one, like, right before school. Like, dude, we were – if we ever got anything good, we would just fucking throw it away. Like, we would be so competitive <laughs> about it and just ruin it. Yeah, I remember my, my – I think it's more common to have parents that just don't have it there as often versus, yeah. like, the approach my mom had to it, at least. Yeah. Okay, there was a question by a streamer. Who who was it again? Scuffy? Scuffy. He asked, at what point, basically, did uh, streaming become, in your eyes at least, streaming become something that was like a viable option for you? Like something where like you all of a sudden... I, think I can't the, word it. Uh, you, you can word it. <laughs> Yeah, like, I think, where, I don't know, like, at what point did I think it was worth pursuing? Yeah, which there we go. We kind of went over earlier, it's like, after the Bodhi host and after earlier kind of mm, Oh, yeah, out. true. I think that was definitely the point where I thought, like, this could become something. I remember, um, just like, I don't know, my family's always been very athletic. All my brothers have been either pro swimmers or, like, football players. Uh, my Both my sisters, I think got a one of them got a silver medal and i don't even know what's called like um you know when you do like fancy jumps into swimming pools i don't even know what that's called in english oh uh high dive is it like high dive yeah yeah i, I guess high dives uh they they went on and got like a silver star in yeah i think it was sweden just like being the second best in the country or whatever. wow god damn so my family's been quite athletic and then when you have me who <laughs> took like gaming as like a serious thing it was a very very hard thing for my parents to understand mm. uh, i think now it's better they, they definitely are supportive of me but That's awesome. i don't think they'll ever understand fully what i do yeah um but ultimately, they, they are very supportive, and I can't complain. Um, but it's just I, I took a very different route than what my siblings have. So to them, it was a bit of a shock. And are your parents athletic as well? Or were they? Um, honestly, I don't know. I don't think my mom or my dad was. I think they've just kind of... Because my mom and my dad are very different. Uh, but... I don't, as far as I know, I don't think either of them have been very athletic. It's not really something that they try to push on to us. It was just like, I guess my family had an interest for it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, my parents are as well. Like when I, I had a very interesting starting to streaming where I just, just started streaming and I was averaging like three viewers and shit. And like the last thing you want to do is like tell people like how it's going. You're like, it's going good. You're trying to grow. <laughs> Yeah, but it's. I it's, mean, every single time I go to my parents' place, they're just like, "Oh, how's streaming going?" And I'm like, eh. yeah. "Well, you see, I got uh, about 150 average now compared to last month." Yeah, 
No, it is. It's still weird talking to my parents about it. My dad shows a lot more interest than my mom. My mom just. The other thing is I swear so much on stream and they both hate swearing. They hate that I swear. They hate that I'm such a potty man. Yeah, I can't imagine that being very easy. So, like, they can't, like, you know, they'll they'll watch a clip of mine and I say, like, five F words in one, one clip. And they're like, all right, yeah, I'm not watching this. Like, they don't even. My dad's very supportive. But um, yeah, and, he, and he primes me every month. But oh, that's so cute. My dad was the <laughs> basic was basically was my lurker during when I began streaming. And I was like, you know what, Dad? Even though you don't understand what the hell I'm doing, and you just want me to go back to school and like get a normal job and shit, like I appreciate it because God, if it it, it does mean a lot, it truly, it does. really does. Um, I think my mom is definitely the one that's like most interested. But like, I remember she asked me to like. Uh, like put on one of my streams and like show what i do and i was just like Yay! no thanks <laughs> like half my conversation topics are either cocks or wilderness <laughs> <laughs> so i was just like yeah i don't know about that one <laughs> i think we'll yeah. pass I, I was telling my dad the other day i finally got my inquisitor's mace and um i've been looking for it for like 11 months and i was telling my dad about the whole situation because he didn't understand I was cert- I was trying to get something. He he would just pop into my stream here and there. He didn't understand the magnitude of this grind I was doing. And when I finally told him, I was like, yeah, there's a clip of it where I'm like, I'm like I, I, I was lost for words. I couldn't even speak initially. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I forgot about the last half of the clip where I just say, oh, my fucking God. Oh, my fucking God. Like, <laughs> oh, God, it's not going to be good. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I can't, nah, that, uh, stuff I can't imagine. Yeah, it's that. it's weird, but at least they understand. I'm, it's it's something now, you know. I can do it mm. full time, and so they are a lot more. Uh, it's just weird. I guess it's I don't I don't like to just call my parents boomers. I think it's kind of disrespectful. But like boomers in general just don't understand. Or it's like any. It's basically like they'll only. This is a very generalization, but like. It's usually like they only care about how much money you're making, or they only care about like if you're if you can support like a family or something. Or yeah, something. like that's all I they care about. It's like, it. I always get the question of like how much I'm making, and uh, that I don't know. I, I do, even though I am doing good, it's like I don't really like talking about it because I mean, coming from a family that like genuinely hasn't had that much money, um, it's like. Even though I am making like a decent amount, I'm not rich by any means. Yeah. I mean, I, I I make pretty much like I live, I live like paycheck to paycheck kind of thing. Yeah. Um. I still feel like it's just not something that I want to talk about with my parents, really. Yeah. And it is weird just talking about money in general. I've always felt it's weird because like with my parents, at least. Cause like we... Yeah, I mean, I can understand the importance of it in like a working aspect. I feel yeah. like people on Twitch definitely don't talk about their earnings enough, but I think that also comes with the fact that I don't think you're allowed to on stream. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But I think, in my personal opinion, I think it's healthy to talk about like people. So talking with people that do the same thing as you, obviously streaming is very different, but like, um, let's say like you are signing to an org or something, talking to your uh i don't even know what the word would be but like i guess the other people that are getting signed like what type of deals they have so that you can just make sure that you're also getting yep like what you're worth yeah that's healthy 
my my brother talks about that like at at his work his normal job it's actually good to talk about your wages with other uh with other coworkers. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's the only way you're going to be able to tell if you're being treated differently. Yep. And I mean, if you're earning more money than them, then they like whoever you're talking to ultimately should probably talk to the person that's employing them. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It is. It is weird to talk about it. And the other weird thing is like, there's this new. I don't know when it happened. It must have been a couple of years ago when all the streamers started showing their sub counts. Mm-hmm. on the stream i don't know when that yeah. happened because nobody ever used to do that and then all of a sudden everyone does it i, I do it i think i don't know it's like the only way to like set a goal nowadays yeah i think it's... everyone has like different goals of subs and like um i don't know i feel like so the, the way i do twitch isn't I, I don't necessarily try to like squeeze it for its money i i I know that like you can do different types of stuff to like earn extra revenue revenue on Twitch. Sub baiting, right? Everyone knows what sub baiting is. Um, and like fair play, if yeah. you do it, you do it. Yeah. Uh, and if you feel like you need the money, go ahead, get the bag. But for me personally, I, I don't know. I I kind of feel like if I earn enough to live, then and I still can save away some extra. What, what's the point of like asking for more? It puts, uh, I don't know, there, there is a lot of stress and stuff to streaming, especially when, like, you don't know what your next paycheck's going to be. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stress that's, and uh, I feel like the most important part if you're planning on doing streaming long term is, like, you have to, like, not go over the top. Like, I don't know, you want to do something that's sustainable, I guess. I think ultimately the only way to have a long-term career on twitch is um making sure that like the content that you provide and the personality that you have is good yeah and if you're gonna spend too much time um because like i I don't know in a way i guess subbating is kind of like asking for money and i feel like if you spend too much time subbating you're taking away a large portion of your content yeah so some of it definitely doesn't hurt but doing too much of it can hurt your like halt your what am i saying here hurt your long term career i can i can totally see that and i've seen both avenues cuz i have a history of subbating i try not to do it much but once you once you get a taste of what subbating once you lose that uh uh what is it? it's almost like it, it's a pride thing for me when i first started streaming i never ever ever would ask for anything or i'd even i wouldn't even <clears throat> suggest baiting or doing any form of that but then once you like do it and you see how profitable it is it's like oh god like am i going down this route like i really just want to stream runescape but now it's becoming like this i don't know yeah so i mean i feel like Subbaiting can almost turn into like um what what's it called it, it it can become addictive because it's never nice to see the numbers plummet yeah so let's say you do it one month and then the next month you don't you're obviously going to see a massive difference in your revenue and like the amount of subs you have even if you don't care about the money the numbers going down always affects you it's the same thing with viewership if yeah. you notice that like uh one form of content is bringing in a lot a lot less viewership regardless if you think that's more fun you will most likely still go to the thing that's getting more viewers because 
maintaining relevant on Twitch is it's very difficult and it's it's a lot about luck and making sure that you gather enough of a follow like followership so when you do want to do what you think is fun I, I feel like I'm kind of not wording this properly is it I can understand what you're trying to say yeah like I don't know just doing what gets views in the beginning so that in the future you can just do what you think is fun yeah it making is... sure that you're not just doing something where you get like 10 viewers as opposed to doing something where you get 100 when maybe in the future you could just do what you think is fun and eventually people will just like you for who you yeah. are. It is interesting because uh, going back to your point of like, if it doesn't even matter where you're at in viewership or in sub count. It's like mm-hmm. your mental is completely shifted whenever it drops, whenever it raises. So even if you're at like a lower point than normal, but then it raises, you have a good feeling. Same thing with viewers. Yeah. It's like if you average, let's just say 200 viewers, but you're only at 100, but then all of a sudden your viewer, like real time, your viewership's going up. You're like, oh, this is a good thing. But if you were at 300 viewers, then you're declining. You're like, oh, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> you know, even though you're at a way higher of an average. Yeah, it's such a tough one because it's, so weird. It, it's, it's like the same addiction that you would have to social media, but like <laughs> yeah. getting 100 likes on a picture is just like, oh, bling, bling. It's just like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm getting likes. <laughs> you know? oh my god we are humans are uh sort of pathetic in a way like yeah, i don't think our brains are ready for it honestly <laughs> but um i just realized how long we've been going for should we go um back to some of the questions we definitely like, should let's do it uh if you have if you out... have one go for it yeah i was thinking about just picking out one here yeah, um go. Do you want to read it? I just linked it. Uh, yeah, let me... Okay. Let me just find it on my end. There we go. Adam asks, do you feel it's important to the future of PvP for certain individuals and clans to dial back out of the game, out of game tactics and harassment, especially with how bad things have gotten? Also, what do you think could be done about ragging other than rule enforcement? Yes. Yeah, so th- this was like a question that I read and I was like, that's a really good one um and i think for a person that led a single team for so long one of the main reasons i quit it was because like i almost felt like my morals were like deteriorating by each year that went by Mm. because like in the in the way current like both multi-clanning and single clanning kind of work the same way where if you want to remain competitive you have to stoop down to everyone else's level even if you want to be like morally better than them in order to remain competitive with people that are doing very like morally wrong things ultimately they have an advantage if they can do that to you without you doing anything back yeah and i think that's one of the main reasons why clanning has died as well it's because there's so much out of game stuff that happens these days where like people will uh docs let's say another clan's member in order to uh threaten them blackmail them and convince them to like spy on that team even if they don't want to they'll they'll feel forced to because the other team has this leverage on them and it's a thing that has plagued the clanning community for a long time now i think one of the major uh like one of the times i feel like it was shifting uh from kind of like i guess a decent stand stance morally to like just completely shit was 
I think it began in like 2016, 2015. And this was when I was fairly new as well. So I think if the clanning community is ever going to grow, it needs to kind of stop with it. But I, I just don't see that happening because what's the reason for them to stop? Since Jagex yeah. don't really take any action. It's also very hard for Jaggers to take any action in the first place because how are they going to enforce or like prove that this is this individual doing it? And are you then going to punish an entire group of people for one person's doing? Because you don't know if everyone else knew about it. Yep. Um, And it's a problem that we've seen with DDoSing, doxing, ragging, um, just to name a few, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. so I, I don't know. I think Jagex does need to take a harder stance on it, and that's the only way it's going to get solved. But ultimately, the clan scene is dying out. So maybe the problem will fix itself when the bigger clans kind of get bored and just move on to other things. Yeah. But I do think everyone mimics the people at the top. So even the newer clans kind of do the same thing. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's something I just never really had to deal with. I kind of started to experience it with my time at Revs of like how toxic and how degenerate players can really become mm-hmm. when it comes to PvP. Um, you know, and it, it happens with any, like there's PVMers, there's skillers as well that become very degenerate and uh, throw all their morals out the window and just kind of like become a just a shitty person just in general yeah for sure and um what's it called i think just overall people don't really they they don't see the consequence of what they could be doing to another person when it's just like you're looking at a runescape character yep yep no for sure it's uh it's just it's easier to see in in pvp because it's just directly somebody can directly take advantage of you um and take advantage i say that and just as in just they can have more numbers than you and just keep killing you and basically rag you they could just spend their entire day ragging you they could if they wanted to is it worth their time no it's pretty pathetic but like that's the difference between other forms where you can just ignore put them on your ignore list done done dealing with it and uh yeah planning in general i think as well like you kind of get information on people that again can be you can get blackmailed for stuff like that so yeah, the way clans operate is um, it, it's interesting because I feel like most players obviously don't know about it. Unless you're in the community, how would you know how clans operate and what they do and whatnot? Uh, it's almost scary, honestly. But um, moving on to like the last part of that question, I think, what was it? What what do you think could be done about ragging other than rule enforcement? Yeah. I don't even know if that's a thing that could have a solution because how would you stop it other than jagex actually taking the time to review people that are getting ragged yeah i was i was kind of curious i'm on the new bow that came out is that thing like the new crystal bow rag that people use like i honestly that's my initial impression was no i think i think you'd be risking too much to be able to rag with it and like with any hard-hitting weapon uh, if you're going to be having a weapon that hits hard and big hits consistently it's very easy for someone to just anti-rush you uh, i know i know i say anti-rush but i guess anti is the proper word well like if you can hit me a 50 
where I think the bow max is like a 46. I, I can still have a potential to kill you. And then if you have to risk like 60 mil to use it because you need That's a crystal true. armor. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I mean like without the crystal armor, just like, because I, I remember people with crystal bow rag, just have a crystal bow. So I always thought, oh, this new bow that takes zero ammo is going to be the new ragging thing. I Not like I've seen that recently where people just crystal It definitely could be, but... Um, it hasn't, like, you haven't really seen it much. I don't feel like people really no, do that much. That used to be a yet. huge thing a few years back. Yeah, one item ragging really isn't that big of a thing anymore. What people usually do now is, like, they'll, they'll gear up in, like, a Torag's Helm with a dragon crossbow and dehide and, like, a crystal shield and yeah. have a double maul on them. Um, and that's, like, what most dragons use now i feel like interesting yeah yeah crystal bow isn't as effective when you just kill them really easily if they're not wearing anything else besides just one iteming okay um let's move on to a different question do you th- okay so this is from bonerator he says do you think the wilderness is integral to the future of PvP and OSRS, or would it grow more with seasonal game modes, DMM, etc., and mini games, LMS, Bounty Hunter, etc.? What was the first part of the question? In, if the wilderness, if, if in, the wilderness in, itself is integral to the future of PvP, like the f- stuff in being in the wilderness, or do you think it could be more focused around mini games and, I guess, tournaments? That's an interesting one because um, that obviously depends if RuneScape is going to become like an esports-oriented game compared to, uh, let's say, like where we're at now is like RuneScape isn't really competitive. It's it's slightly competitive, but like it's not. Like the game is too RNG-based to actually be, I guess, competitive in the sense that the better player is going to win every time. And with without the wilderness, I feel like you're removing a massive part of what RuneScape is, which is just being able to kill people, even if they're a lot worse than you. Uh, and if you're adding mini games with like skill-based matchmaking systems and whatnot, obviously that could be the future of the game. Um, but I feel like what people rem- like really like about RuneScape PvP is the fact that you never know what's going to happen and just the way it currently is, I feel like is keeping it is very integral to actually maintaining its activity. Yeah. I think, I uh, think mini games definitely have a place where they could be competitive and, uh, have like an esport made out of it, such as DMM, but it can't replace what we have. hundred percent. I, I think wilderness is very unique and it is a cool thing to have in the game. That's like very few games have a sort of wilderness system like we do, where it's just everything goes, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I wanted to ask this earlier. It just never came up, but again, I'm not a PVP or I don't know how this would affect the game, but, uh, so freeze timers, you know how like the game, if you get frozen, as long as it hits, it is a guaranteed amount, a set time that it, uh, freezes you for do you think that freezing could work where the freeze duration is now rng so it could be between five and whatever it is 20 seconds i think it would make an already very inconsistent game even more inconsistent 
like the game is already so rng based like if you made freeze like the actual freeze time rng as well i uh, at that point you're removing a lot of skill because like how would you know at that point it's just a guessing game that's true what if it uh, was like uh dependent on like the xp drop you got and bef- and this is this is not the only suggestion and this is not i'm not advocating for this at all i'm just trying to get your ideas on mm-hmm. it the other thing is what if there was a melt spell i know we have uh flowers where you can just plant seeds and you can kind of move out of a freeze but what if there was a spell that kind of counters being frozen now who knows what this would cost like who knows what like and if it w- would have a hundred percent success rate or not but what if there was like a way to get out of a freeze i think with that it would just make everything too easy to escape like how would a person with let's say 10 brews die if they could just continuously like cast a melt spell and then continue running towards level one or if they're in pvp continue running towards a bank i guess uh, part of it so isn't isn't there uh like a well i think with singles plus you can just get last hit run under a person and then you're pretty much good or run behind a thing what if what if yeah, there was as long, yeah i don't know like as long as you run behind a corner or like dd them and they like so even if they do have a flower you can just predict like you you can uh if you re- react you can enough, anticipate you can, a one tick just walk under yeah them again. just move with them until you log out yeah um it's, yeah i don't know like what what do you think about this whole thing just like with either timers being shortened or or, or even or even freezes being more consistent but having a a lower timer on it just, i don't know because sometimes i think the freezing aspect is just like a bit too much i know it's old school and everything but god the amount of seconds you're just frozen there can't do anything it's just kind of obnoxious that's my own opinion who knows i mean it's old school i don't i'm not advocating for a change i it's guess it's not something just... that i've ever thought about so it's hard for me to give an opinion on it yeah. that's all that's um yeah not not sure about that one yeah, I've always thought it was strange that there was no real counter for uh, getting frozen. Like, there kind of is, but and there's always flowers and stuff, but I don't know. And I wonder if there would be a way to implement that so that, you know, running behind an obstacle or DDing could be prevented almost. I don't know. This is just yeah, food for I, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting concept. I feel like I'd have to put, like, more thought into it yeah. before I could give an actual answer onto that one, so... Uh... I guess I just thought I'd bring it up because I've asked this before. Uh, just, I don't know, things to think about. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of the person that, like, before answering something like that, I feel like I'd have to put, like, I'd have to think about it and think of pros and cons and stuff. Yeah, and exactly. potentially ask others as well because that's the other thing. When I think of ideas, sometimes I don't, I'm not even thinking of the broader picture. Like, oh, this is very easy to understand. This is busted as hell because of this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess if you ever do kind of think about that, I would love to hear your opinions because I i don't really ask all that many people about that. And it's not like I mean, it's I that think important. Currently, I feel like that would be too overpowered. Yeah, and it would it would need some balance behind it because what, yeah. what would be the unfreeze thing? Like, would you have to have a super high magic uh, bonuses to get the unfreeze? You know, like something like that where it's like, oh, I got to quickly equip my magic gear or something like that. And, get a good chance at getting unfrozen or something like that you know who knows i think if, if it were to be implemented it would have to have a very very low success rate yeah yeah and i've always wondered like oh i wonder if like magic accuracy or something something magic related could 
you could if you were wearing Zarishans, your freezes wouldn't last as long as somebody that's in full ancestral things like that but again this is just food for thought yeah okay um okay i kind of want to okay so ian just gives a little shout out really nice to see you invite a <laughs> pvp legend for this topic looking forward to this one yeah i found it kind of funny he called me a legend when he's been around like way longer than i have but uh let's see manic asks comments on pvpers wanting the wilderness and pvp to be an insane source of gp back in the day wilderness used to have next to no content or gp sources other than other players that wanted to be there to explore and fight others i've talked about that on stream and my opinion on it or like my take is people think that because it has worked in the past and doing something new scares people it always will so this update there's no like if you actually look at the statistics of the people that answer the poll which i i must say in a way the poll is flawed because obviously jagex can pick and choose questions you know so they can kind of influence what the updates are gonna be with anything if you are the person that's asking the questions, obviously you can dictate what the answers will kind of be. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. A lot of people will like say, oh yeah, the only way to revive the wilderness is by making the food chain, uh, like recreating a food chain by adding insane money makers and whatnot. I don't think that's necessarily true. It's the only thing that's been tested and that's why people go to it. It's the only thing that's been tested and that and it's worked in the past. So people will cling on to it yeah. and like never try any, anything else. Because what, like, why would you? Why put like, why Resources gamble something effort, when yeah. you can just try reusing stuff that has worked before? That's true. So um, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with them. I see where they're coming from because if something's worked in the past and yeah, fuck it, do it again. But at the same time, I feel like Jagex have the right to take a gamble on something if they want to. Uh, as long as there is, like, like I've said before hundreds of times, as long as they revert the bad things, if it goes wrong, there's no, I don't have any problem with them testing different stuff. Yeah. We'll just have to see when it comes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, um, it's, it's a gamble. Everyone knows that. Okay, I828 says, or I8 too late. Oh, I see what it's a play on characters. I8 too late. Yeah. He says, What are your thoughts on Jagex making huge PvP changes without addressing client slash script abuse? See, I've kind of come to the conclusion that Jagex doesn't actually know how to detect it yet, and therefore it's not being addressed. <laughs> um i i i don't know the clienting has become such a huge problem in pvp because people clienting can beat me now and consistently add that um to the point where it's almost like a joke it's like if a player like myself can't beat a person that clients how is a noob meant to what i'm i mean i guess in one aspect the game is very RNG based, so the, a person clienting doesn't necessarily have to kill you. Um, but at the same time, it's very hard for me to kill a person with clienting. Yep. Wait, hold up. 
I got a delivery, so give me one sec. Go for it. So the, I think the the main problem with clients is the fact that Jagex, from what we can tell, just aren't able to detect them. I mean, people have literally cliented, uploaded videos of it with the RSNs, and they, it, it, I don't know, Jagex just don't really seem to pay a lot of attention to it, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone that clients get banned for it Yikes. without like a streamer reporting it first or like someone of i guess importance yeah yeah uh that is very off-putting especially when you do like an i don't go pvp in the wilderness but like just in lms and you see somebody with a client you're like god damn this is this just sucks this... oh yeah the lms spots are scary good now yeah they're it's... crazy it's ridiculous how good they have gone. I said it before, back when the LMS bots were like decent, but not really that good. I was like, one day these are going to be able to beat me, <laughs> and I'm just not looking forward to that day. Yeah, they're pretty uh, insane. It's just off-putting because, like, ugh, it's like sucks. There's no real. I don't know. Like, you know what would be cool. Is if, and I know, who knows how many employees are, like, working for Jagex on, like, the anti-cheat team and stuff. But it would be really nice if there was a way where it's, like, it, it was almost like a, like a, like a, just a really easy way to report somebody that was clearly using clients or something. Just, like, a, just like a one press report or something like that where it's, like, okay, you're an LMS, somebody's botting, you click it. And then there's actually people that are reviewing those. So hopefully, and if you abuse that button, if you're like abusing it, then your yeah. reports don't ever go through again. Like a lot of games have that where it's like, I have to say as well, a lot of games have feedback on the reports. Yeah. <laughs> RuneScape just doesn't like, I, I can report someone and I never know if they're yep. going to get banned. Yeah. Like, it's really uh... sad. There really should be a lot more resources put into cheating and especially regarding PVP cheating and, anything like yeah that. Like there, there should be these like thousand percent yeah it's bad so we'll see all right chaz asks favorite rs streamer favorite least favorite part of making a new account build do you think okay so let's let's i guess let's just cover the one but i'll i'll go through these first do you think the removal of risk outside wilderness over time has contributed to the divide between non-pkers and pkers do you think it's lazy to remove BH due to abuse rather than to moderate the game? And then is there a style of PKing you really enjoy that you feel isn't entertaining to watch and vice versa? So we'll start with the first one. Favorite RS streamer? I'd go with Skiddler. I think he's been the most influential to me. Uh, definitely a person that I look up to as well and that I value as a very good friend. And... Um... I don't know. Just overall, I think I watch him the most out of any streamer. I don't watch streamers that much in general, ironically. Like, being a streamer, I... Before I actually started being a streamer myself, I never watched anything on Twitch. Now I watch it occasionally, but... Um, I'm more of a, like, a YouTube-type guy where I just see compilations of stuff rather than waiting for it to happen on a stream. Yeah. Okay, shout out Skiddler. Did you know, funny story, <clears throat> I had been following Skiddler for years, and then I unfollowed him because for some reason I was in the stream. I don't know what, what he said or what he did that just pissed me off, mm -hmm. but I must have been in a bad mood as well, but I just unfollowed him. This is years ago. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not watching this guy anymore. And then later, 
I told my stream, I was like, yeah, there's a one person that I would like to refollow, but it's so awkward to like refollow uh. somebody. <laughs> and uh yeah, i'm awful with like actually pressing the follow button to begin with yeah 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 no so i had to like i was i just told him i was like yeah skiller's one of those people's like i unfollow but now i want to i want to re-follow him because like i don't i kind of like the guy now like i've seen clips <laughs> like it kind of sucks because like i had a bad uh just you know moment and um but then my my stream literally went into his stream like some viewers went in there and were telling him about it how like i unfollowed him and shit and then i eventually came in there and followed and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> kind of awkward but it, no like we're it was nothing uh i don't know i guess it was just a year it was this is years ago before i was even a streamer myself and i had unfollowed and then and what's yeah, interesting situations like that are just awkward in general. Oh you're yeah, like, so awkward. I've had to deal with it a lot. Even if you like, you've been talking to someone stream and like you realize you're not followed and then follow yeah. them, it's just like, ah. yeah, it's a little weird. I try to, I firsthand understand how awkward it is, and so when other people do it to me, I'm like, you know what, dude, I completely understand where you are right now. So like, <laughs> don't even feel bad at all. So that was kind of interesting. Okay, favorite, least favorite part of making a new account build questing 100 percent. there's just nothing that's like that's the least favorite boring. correct oh yeah yeah least yeah. favorite the, like questing questing is just so boring like yeah. <laughs> when you've done beagle odds like 10 times you don't look forward to it at all so have not, you used the, but have you used the quest helper i hear i have not used it yet but i heard it's no like, i've not used it either yet i i tested it like early but then it wasn't that good hmm interesting but, like, apparently that thing's sick now. All right, favorite. What's your favorite part of making a new account? Hmm. Dude, okay, uh -huh. I, I sorry, I got to interrupt. I'm, I'm thieving elves this whole time. I've gotten the uh, enhanced crystal teleport seed five different times. So I have ten seeds, which is, I think I'm literally five times over rate. I'm absolutely spooning these, this whole cast. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I've gotten ten. Like, Jesus Christ, I'm rich. All right, keep going. The, the, <laughs> did you know these things are like, I think they're worth five mil each, but it's saying only... Uh... It probably is because I think those, uh, a lot of people are buying them to recolor their bows now. So they're yeah. probably skyrocketing in price. I've, I think I've made like 50 mil or something. Or no, maybe not 50 mil. Maybe like 30 mil or I don't How much are they? I think, I think they actually are. Maybe this is accurate, 3.6 mil. I made 36 mil then just in the last two hours, and I'm, like, barely that, being efficient. Yeah, okay, that, that, that's genuinely your smoothing money. <laughs> yeah. Maybe PKN isn't the best money after all. <laughs> this, uh, so what I've heard is because of, like, okay, so Fasani's is really good money, but also uh, Gauntlet is crazy money now if you're good at it, and then thieving these elves is insane money. I think thieving elves is, like, 5 mil an hour right now. What? <laughs> it's literally 5 mil an hour, I'm pretty sure, at 99 with, like, the spell and dodgy necklaces wait so wait it, does it require any effort it is just right clicking that that's the most annoying thing you just have to right click and click it i think huh. it's legitimately five mil an hour on average and i've probably been making like like 15 mil an hour right now because i'm just lucky as fuck jeez yeah it's disgusting <laughs> anyway continue i was just had to i had to make that because i just keep getting i keep getting, i was expecting to get one maybe crystal pickpocket i've had five so like, <laughs> yeah insane 
Yeah, it's got delivery as well, which was meant to be for my PS5 controller, but it's just not here, so... Ah, oh, shit. I guess I've been scammed. <laughs> Fuck. Alright, what question were we on? We were on uh, favorite part of making a new account. Oh, um... Ooh. I've, I really enjoy doing Worldy Slayer. Me too. Uh, I don't do it as much nowadays, but... But um, my favorite part used to be just doing Wildy Slayer for MM2 on uh, like the accounts I had back when you would get like emblems and stuff. It was uh, it was quite consistent, like it was decent money, and at the same time, I think there was more people, like more newbie people, that just hunted uh, people doing Wildy Slayer. So yeah. All right. Do you think the removal of risk? outside wilderness over time has contributed to the divide between non-PKers and PKers. So I guess just not having risk in PVM. Uh, I think it has. I think that's like, without a doubt, it has. Because there's not, like, why would you go to a dangerous zone where you could potentially lose your items versus just staying in a safe zone where you can also make more money and you can use the best in slot gear that you've purchased yeah like it's more fun to do pvm when you got all these expensive items that you can use compared to going to the wilderness where you can only use three of them yep so yeah i don't know just without a doubt honestly yeah I was just thinking just real briefly. I was like, I, I wonder what if you could like almost package up yourself. Like you could almost buy this thing that like kind of gives you a priest. Uh, not a preset. That sounds RS3 if I say that. But just imagine if you could bring out your best in slot gear to the wilderness. But and, and then you'd be risking like a set amount. Like it's almost like if you die, you're not going to lose all that shit. But you get to still enjoy the benefits of it. Like PVM. Ah, never mind. This whole thing is just. <laughs> not a good idea but i was just thinking like imagine it, you could bring it out but then if you die you just lose like this special item and a bunch of gold or something like that because I don't know. yeah I, I don't know that, that would that, not work that was a shitty point. idea i was just thinking yeah out loud. I, I don't think that, i was I literally thinking out loud right there <laughs> uh, you know what's funny though like on the turn the i guess the part of the reason i brought it up is because like uh in a tournament world once i went out to callisto with full max melee with a mace on task on a tournament world and it was disgusting when you're in bandos and everything and like clawing and stuff like it's fucking fun like genuinely yeah, I, I think people really enjoy tournament worlds where they can like pk and everything which is also like i don't know um for for, for like myself for example like i pk in best in slot gear it's it's genuinely very fun when you can just sit there and like help big hits non-stop yeah um so i don't know i, I think a lot of pvmers would, if they if they actually had an interest with pvp or like wanted to try out stuff like that it's just about getting to the point where you can use that gear that's true but of course it comes with um like, like anything that's like dangerous it, you obviously have to lose to get better okay do you think it's lazy to remove BH due to abuse rather than moderate the game, considering how much worse PVM skilling is abused by bots and gold farmers? No, because two wrongs don't make a right. So one like one problem doesn't justify another problem being in the game. 
and um, ultimately, <clears throat> I think they could bring back BH, but just have everything be untradeable rather than tradable. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, though, I understand why Jagex removed it. It generate like people really underestimated how much cheapy the farm, like the gold farmers made. So to say that like ah oh, like oh it's only like a problem yeah it's a, it's a problem but it's not a minor problem it's a massive problem it generated more gold than anything else in the game and uh, to just like kind of ignore that for the sake of like oh well I want this content and there's already other broken content in the game why can't we get it, it I don't know it's like it's like a lazy opinion that like hasn't really been thought about properly yeah. Uh, I think they could definitely fix it if they wanted to, sure. But like, just keeping BH for the sake of keeping BH because there's other problems, or, like other gold farms in the game. It, it, it's just stupid. That argument really doesn't get the game anywhere. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> His final question is: Is there a style of PKing you really enjoy doing that you feel isn't entertaining to watch? And then vice versa. So one that isn't enjoy doing, but is really fun to watch. Hybriding, for sure. Hybriding, Hybriding is, is fun or it isn't fun? Yeah, no, it, it is fun. It's the m most fun thing for me to do in a game, but it requires so much concentration that it's just not good stream content at all. Okay. Uh, I think, I don't know. Whenever I go hybriding, I usually go in a decline of viewers. I, I can hop at rev caves and not find anyone and still have more viewers than what I do hybriding because I'm talking. Uh, and with hybriding, it's like it requires so much concentration to the point where the only times I can really like speak is either when both of us are frozen or like, I don't know, in between like banking and whatnot. Yeah. And then is there one that is not fun, but you feel like on stream it's great i guess for the viewers as well mm. skull tricking and revenant cave bk would probably be those i don't enjoy revenant keep uh, revenant bk anymore but a lot of people do so i still do it sometimes but i genuinely don't enjoy it it's become very stale um but I, I guess sometimes Revenant PK, like Revenant Cave PK, can be uh, an excuse to just like hop around and talk to my chat. Yeah, that's true. Okay, the last kind of uh, question I'm seeing here, at least I've, I've, I've missed a few for sure, but James asks What RuneScape content creators, video makers, were influential to you when you first started playing? And then he said he would love to hear you chat about X players, creators, and their video edits. Bonesaw, Ramladenis. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, that's a Swedish, uh, like a Swedish PK video maker. I think uh, he made a PK video where Bodhi, Tesco K, NHS, and I think it was Erase XD collabed all together, which back then was like a massive deal so um the most influential i think most likely i'd, I'd have to say like spark mac or like uh bodhi i think bodhi erase xd and spark mac one of the people that i definitely enjoyed the most was a guy called poke and die who also made videos with 
uh, Echo. Both of those, fairly small. Uh, they're they're kind of like a Bodhi-style streamer. Not streamer, a YouTuber, sorry. Um, which they used did PKN content, and they were, like, very influential to me uh, for, like, what I wanted to do in the future with content creation and, like, how they did their commentaries. Because they kind of just did commentaries where they either just fucked about with their mates or uh, just talk their mind. Like, they would talk about random things that happened uh, throughout their life as they just have PK and clips going on in the background. So it was kind of like a... I don't even know what you call those. Like, you, you know, like people that release... You know when, like, CSGO, like, surfing with just random topics was, like, a thing? Yeah, kind of. Not, like, the Leafy era, I guess, but, like... when. <laughs> When people would just talk about random stuff. Yeah, no, there was content like that. I really think there's stuff in the background going on. It's nice. Yeah, just PK content with them chatting about funny experiences they've had and stuff like that. It was, uh, that to me was some of the most enjoyable content. It's so Uh, weird how the most simple content sometimes is just actually the best. Yeah, it (sighs) truly can be. And and I mean, they had series and stuff as well, but, uh, (laughs) is it just a niche that, like, uh, makes it so good like am i just different than others because what i really love is a content creator i look up to rambling on about random stuff that's like the content i really love when it's like a series it's a lot of effort and time put into it i'm not actually as interested because it almost feels too scripted i yeah, really love it i love it when you hear people speak their mind yep they can just be rambling about random stuff in the game, or they could be talking about experience that they've had IRL. Like, just things that have happened to them in real life, and that's really just interesting to hear because you actually get to know them as a person. I don't know if you ever watched a guy called World65. Nope. Uh, genuinely such a good content creator. He had so many stories uh, of, like, funny things that has happened to him and whatnot, and he just did a very good job at telling them, and overall was a very funny guy so i think um content like that it doesn't really flourish all that much anymore but it's very enjoyable yeah yeah that's uh that's cool and you know what's like the best part of those rambles is they're almost like i guess like any video can be considered timeless but like uh as a iron man i would watch a lelador uh, Iron Man videos. He was rank one Iron Man at a time, and he would make just little rambles of him talking about what he's doing and stuff. And those alone, he's just at the bank, standing, just doing some random shit, just talking about stuff. Like there's just something so good. It's the background noise, you know. It's like the best background noise you can ever have. It's like a little bit more planned than a stream, but like without chat input, I guess. Yeah, it's like a stream without chat input. But I guess they're like they have a specific topic that they'll talk about. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's definitely a beauty to it. Honestly, I, I think that type of content almost deserves more attention than what it gets. But uh, Bodhi's video, Bodhi's done that so many times, and I I truly wished he did it more. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay. Um there's anything that i i know there's a few things i've missed i feel like we've kind of covered the basics of the things i'm looking at that we missed i think we've covered it but let me know just you can look through it and see if there's anything you would like to bring up um Um, if there isn't however i can just ask my final final questions to you but let me know 
I don't think uh, there is anything else. I think uh, we've covered pretty much everything. All right. Well, I'll just kind of ask like final things. I like to some of the questions I like to ask. When we kind of already covered it, but would you like to give a shout out to? Uh, I guess a few people that have inspired you. It sounds like you've already given out a few shout outs. But... Yeah, the thing is, we're giving them shout outs is like they're already bigger than me. I don't know if they fucking need it, but like Elliot, um, what's he called? Bodie as well, honestly. Uh, I, the people in my community, um, one of the people that I absolutely admire the most, Sparky, he's always been there for me. All of my mods in general have just been very kind to me and just i don't know it's like they just there every single stream moderating for no other reason than just liking whatever content you put out and it's it's like something you can't really put a price on that's awesome yeah i love spark mac you know what i really miss is uh <laughs> those days back in when i was camping revs and the tribe would come out to rev caves <laughs> Oh, well, I said Sparky. I didn't mean Spark Mac, but yeah. Oh, Spark you're saying Mac Sparky? I thought you were saying Spark Mac. I'm like, I thought you just called him. I thought you were calling him Sparky. Who's Sparky? Oh, <laughs> it's my mod. Oh my god, I was just thinking Spark Mac was your mod. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, <laughs> and you introduced it by saying these people don't need a shout out. They're already bigger than me. And so, okay, I just... yeah, yeah, I can definitely see how you got that. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of confused. I was a little confused, but I didn't want to question it. I was like, okay, like, interesting. I mean, I, I can name, like, so many people. Like, <laughs> Nilky, who's done all of my emotes uh, yeah. by, like, starting soon screen. Marley Entertaining, my manager at Method. Uh, uh, James, Finley, all of them have been very good friends to me and just overall supported what I do. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, nah, just, that was funny. I was I was talking about the tribe coming out to uh, peek in. Those are, those are some good times. That that's like when you like basically had to lurk Sparkback stream like while you're killing revs. You just make sure yeah, he's not I highlighting your work. Sparkback went rev cave. It was lethal because he would just have like three hundred people. I loved how good he was at uh, at tanking. He really understood the power of Phoenix necklaces and like being able to like tank a bunch of people. It was really fun to watch. Good shit. Yeah, it's always nice to see. Like, people that have been around since I was a kid still yeah. make it. Yeah. Did Did you ever watch RH or R, RH Nightmare or what was it? Nightmare RH. That was Nightmare it. RH. Yeah, that guy was just not <laughs> even chainsaw doors and computers. That guy was uh, crazy. And you know what? He Like, I've still actually seen his stream occasionally. But... Yeah, do you I, know Do you know the reason to, like, why he uh, died out on YouTube? I don't know. Because, honestly, if he had just stuck with all that... He'd be the biggest thing ever, I feel like. Yeah, so uh, I can't remember who interviewed him, but Nightmare went out and said that I f he thinks the reason that his channel died out was because um, he had to go overseas for a year, I think, on a deployment. Because he's in the Navy, I think, or just military. I I'm not sure exactly what his position is, but, but he, is, he is in the Army, in the U.S. Army, regardless. So he went away for a year and he had like these pre-planned, uh, like pre-made videos that weren't really that good. Mm. But obviously, if you have to make content for a year in like the span of a month or something, it's 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 going to take a hit, of course. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that like the interest for making them when you're sat there making content for over a year is it's going to deteriorate and you're going to lose the charm. Yeah. 
So um, that's really sad in a way because I thought it was just him kind of just doing something else with his life. He like he just was burned from the game or something like that. Because I didn't really keep up after I was a kid, but I just remember thinking like he had such a huge audience very early on. And if he would have yeah, just nurtured that, that would have so been so big, so early. Yeah, he would have been the biggest thing ever. Oh Jesus Christ! What the fuck has just landed on my desk? Is it a bug? Uh huh. <laughs> did I kill it? <laughs> okay, I killed it. What the fuck was that? Where did that come from? <laughs> it came from that? it came from your delivery, man. Bro, it looks like a cockroach, but with wings. Jesus Christ. It's fucking terrifying. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nah, you're good. You scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Alright, well, um I don't have anything else, so uh pretty much wrap it up. Uh we'll have your um twitch link in the description your twitter is there any other links that you would like provided in the description uh nah it's it's all right that should do okay um well west ham absolute pleasure super enjoyable conversation talking about uh wilderness and other shit yeah yeah again thank you so much for actually having me on um i think it's been fun time kind of flew away it's been nearly four hours uh Three three hours and twelve minutes right now on the on the watch. So, yeah, quite a bad one. <laughs> Pretty insane. It's it's crazy how long you can really talk for when it's just you kind of lose track of time. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first looked at the time. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> I didn't know it'd been this long. Yeah. Well, West Ham, we'll we'll end it here. Thank you very much. Uh, who knows? Maybe in like a year or so when. Uh, wilderness gets a few changes i'll have you back on the cast and we can talk about what has happened in the you know in the past or in the the upcoming future i guess but it'll be in the past at that point yeah absolutely and, i mean let me know anytime i'm always down for a conversation awesome all right thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you on the next one peace selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.